0: Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.
1: Oh my God Almighty, more gun shootings in America. You've heard it on the news. Lana was doing it there in the 9 o'clock. Uh, I think the death toll now has risen to, I think, 19. Uh, the papers are, are quoting uh, 14. Uh, but, of course, that's at the stage that when they had gone to print. So the 14 kids dead on the front pages... Uh, well, that has now changed to uh, at least nineteen and others and others injured uh, another rampage, another gunman getting into uh, a pri- there are equivalent to the, uh, the primary school uh, their elementary school uh, this is down in a place called Ulvade, uh in Texas they We were chatting about this this morning the size of of that town it 's about the size of Middleton, if you were to put it in in context to Ireland. Um, an active shooter, they call him. opened fire at a primary school in the USA. Um, the 18-year-old gunman opened fires on pupil, fire on pupils uh, and teacher, as, as dozens more were injured and, and many killed. He's reportedly um, a high school was a high he's a high school school student himself. 18-year-old guy called Salvador Ramos. Uh, by all accounts, he, uh, he he shot his grandmother. Now, some reports are saying this morning that his grandmother is critically ill. Others in the paper reports are saying that. Uh, she actually died. Uh, he Had a handgun and possibly a a rifle. Um, and uh, he. Um, There's an issue with American gun control laws. You know, the big issue in America, I think, is to do with politicians are really, really controlled by the NRA, the National uh, Rifle Association, with ho- which holds huge power when it comes to voting for either Democrats or indeed Republicans. But it was uh, papers this morning say yesterday's horror is the deadliest mass attack. Uh, Since 14 high school students and three adult staff were killed in Florida in 2018 and it's the worst at a primary school since 2012 at Sandy Hook in Connecticut in which 20 children and six staff were killed. So this little town's about 16,000 people and it's just under 600 uh, children enrolled in the school. Anna was telling me, I was trying to work out as to whether it was outside the school or inside the school that the shootings took place in Lana tells me it was in the classrooms. So we more on that uh, throughout the course of the morning, but that's the breaking news overnight, and um, we'll come back to it in a, in a few minutes' time. We have uh, law and order issues here in this country, of course, and you know, you'll be aware, I'm sharing a blurred version of the video, the carry-on uh, at Dublin Airport yesterday inside in Terminal 1. I, I just don't get it. I really and truly don't. I mean, maybe it's always been this bad, but we're just not seeing it. Maybe we're seeing it more now than we did before because of mobile phone technology and people filming it and uploading the videos. But you had um a, a, a whole gangload of people. It started with two... It looked to me as if it was an arranged fight. You know, it looked to me as if they were shaping up to each other first, almost like as if it had been set up. And then it went from bad to worse. And before you knew it, there was a big pylon in the middle of the airport. And then also, of course, I, I counted at least a dozen Gardaí. I don't know how many uh, airport security staff and airport police had to be called... So there was a big set too. People were roaring and screaming and there was others frightened of it. I know people were filming it, I guess. Uh, one guy's been arrested and uh, he's due to appear in Swords Court at, at some stage. Um, others taken to hospital. Oh, just awful carry on, really and truly. Who'd want to join the Guard of Chicana? And you wonder then why the guards aren't around because they're going to this kind of stuff. Um, and this one, of course, at uh, at Dublin Airport yesterday. They are apparently going to get new face technology, according to the Mail this morning. Uh, by all accounts, the Justice Minister told them that uh, over the conference where Guardi are demoralised, and not just we we're talking about it yesterday with the GRA, but they're going to get facial recognition technology, and that could also come at the same time where the Guardi will get new body worn cameras. I don't know whether the cameras will do the facial. Uh, recognition of, of people. Many now will be saying, oh, no, you know, this is all to do with uh, uh, privacy and you can't be impinging on people's uh, freedom to move about without being recorded a film. But so that's happening anyway everywhere we go. I think if you're not breaking the law, you should have no fear of the law. There's the judge makes the papers, uh, ma- actually the online papers, I haven't seen it in print this morning, it was quite interesting in this and i love your thoughts on it. It's the judge Miriam Walsh. She's above. She's a district court judge up the country. I think she's in, um, I think she's in Port Leash if I remember. And in her court yesterday, She was very critical and she said she was sick to the back teeth of defendants coming into the courts looking for interpreters to assist them in court proceedings when they've been living in this country for years. Now, the Irish Network Against Racism says that her comments are reckless and unhelpful. And they went on then to say that, um, you know, everybody who's before the courts has the basic principle of justice and that we're all equal before the law and that everybody should have equal as- access to understanding the legal proceedings. Uh, but the ju- apparently there was a 24-year-old, pleaded guilty to assaulting two people in a takeaway restaurant, right? Threatening, abusive and insulting behavior. He was drunk uh, and uh, he he was in he was in court and he pleaded guilty. And the judge said, she said that uh, interpreter costs were funded by the taxpayer. Uh, and she said, they have no need for an interpreter when they go out to buy their hooch. And they don't need assistance when they're signing on for social welfare. Uh, she said, while he might have very little recollection of what happened, his two victims remember it. He's been living in Ireland for five years and he wants an interpreter. He didn't need an interpreter with him when he went to buy his drink or when he goes shopping. Ah, uh, they know more English than we do ourselves, she says. I'm sick to the back teeth of people hiding behind interpreters. He beat the sugar out of two people who were just doing their job that night. This happened apparently in uh, yesterday in leash Court before the judge. Uh, apparently your man went behind the takeaway counter, punched a staff member several times in the face. He goes and punches another man who tries to help the staff and come to their rescue. Apparently um, there were 9,500 requests for interpreters in the state last year uh, and it just seems to go up and up and it's cost Apparently around about one and a half million a year, and she's fed up of it. If you were wondering what languages are needed for interpretation, the main one is Polish, followed by Romanian, Lithuanian, Russian, Portuguese, Latvian, and so on and so forth. A uh, lot of big plans here on Lee side. Apple, of course, are expanding. They're going to have uh, maybe an opportunity to hire another thirteen hundred employees. Another thirteen hundred beds needed on lease side, uh, but I know we need to accentuate the positive, and uh, you know Apple are just really powering ahead on side and apparently City Council are buying the docklands. It's like one part of the, of the state buying the docklands from another part of the state, but they're buying it nonetheless. And they're going to put in a huge, big regeneration scheme. They figure could be one of the biggest docklands regeneration scheme in Europe. Interesting. They found the DOSH for it, isn't it? Uh, Find DOSH for that, but can't find DOSH for houses. I hope also they put up a sculpture or some kind of artwork to commemorate the Dockers there. Uh, There's been many promises, but still not being delivered. And, um, with regards to employment or the crises within hospitality uh, you're probably noticing more and more pubs across the country now if you're listening to me in rural ireland or if you're around west cork east cork or north cork or maybe even some of the suburbs you will probably notice the pubs don't open by day as much as they used to and indeed some pubs don't open on particular days of the week at all uh, and many are shutting up to two days a week primarily because of staff shortages they just can't get people to work and on top of that of course we have a lot of people complaining uh, as you do, um, and there's uh, reasons to complain a lot of the time. One is to do with the passport op- office and the complaints to the passport office are a record high. And the Independent this morning is saying, why are so many people, you know these questions and answers the papers do, why are so many people waiting for a passport? Do you think it will be simple? Well, apparently four out of ten of the applications are incomplete or haven't been filled in properly. And that's the big reason why there's a massive uh, delay. Papers also this morning talk of matters to do with festivals and gigs and it's great news. The boss, Bruce Springsteen, will play a couple of gigs in the RDS next year. um, And already people are saying the ticket prices are ridiculously high, and hotel prices are rocketing already for those gig dates in May of next year, with the boss back in Ireland. I don't know whether they'd pencil in an extra gig down here on Leeside. You'd never know. And the papers also this morning talk um, of uh, issues regarding people who now may well be able to sue tech firms if their children get hooked on TikTok. It's a bill that's been drawn up in California, where TikTok or Facebook or Twitter or others like that would be held accountable for addiction and harm to children who become addicted uh, to their tech platforms. It's an interesting one, isn't it? There's that, that and lots more besides. Text 0868-104-106.
0: The number one talk show in court. If it's happening in Cork, can you
2: talking about it? The
0: Neil Prendaville Show on Red FM.
1: I was just talking this morning there when we were coming on air about yet another uh, shooting in America last week, actually, there was uh, another shooting where people were shot outside a shopping mall in america and and bizarrely, I often wonder why this is that people actually share video footage like that. I mentioned it on the air at the start at the back end of last week that somebody sent me a video, and uh, I opened it um, and i didn 't know what it was it was just this there was just this video in front of me of somebody driving a car with a headset on them, and there was obviously a camera in the headset or whatever. And this person is driving around from shopping mall to shopping mall. Uh, and then I'm watching it for about 30 or 40 seconds. I was like, what is this about? Uh, and then he gets out of the car. Um, and all of a sudden, I see he's got this big machine gun. And it was like watching something you'd watch on a PlayStation. He just starts shooting people, this popping sound. I stopped at that stage. I got a terrible shock. I wonder why people share video footage like that. Uh, but I would imagine that yesterday it must have been something like that in America. It's absolutely tragic. Another shooting, another mass shooting. Um, the amount now that have uh, lost their lives, I think, if I'm correct, has risen to, uh, to to nineteen, I believe. I have some clips on this from from overnight. This is a clip of Joe Biden, um, and then there is also the clip of a uh, uh, Joe Biden is uh, no, that's incorrect. Actually, can maybe we can just this is just a clip of uh, of Joe Biden this morning in the early hours reacting to the shooting.
3: I had hoped when I became president, I would not have to do this again. Another massacre, Uvalde, Texas, an elementary school, beautiful, innocent, second, third, fourth graders. And how many scores of little children who witnessed what happened, see their friends die, as if they're on a battlefield, for God's sake. they don't live with it the rest of their lives. There's a lot we don't know yet. There's a lot we do know. The parents who will never see their child again. Parents who will never be the same. To lose a child is like having a piece of your soul ripped away. There's a hollowness in your chest. You feel like you're being sucked into it. And never gonna be able to get out, suffocating. It's never quite the same. <clears throat> As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we gonna stand up to the gun lobby? When in God's name we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done?
1: Joe Biden, of course, who uh, lost his daughter, Naomi, and uh, his first wife in a car accident, uh, lost both of them in, in 1972. This is a, a clip of uh, the Golden State Warriors coach, Steve Kerr. He lost his father in Beirut to an extreme gunman, apparently, and uh, he's now calling on senators who hold the nation hostage on gun laws to change their minds uh, on gun laws.
4: Since we left on 14 children were killed 400 miles from here. And a, and a teacher, and in the last 10 days we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California, and now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple of years ago. It's been sitting there for two years.
1: So at this stage now, the um, death toll has risen to 20, uh, 18 students and two adults now killed in that uh, Texas shooting yesterday. Um, A lot of uh, issues with regards to gun control in America for a long, 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 long time. Dr. James Mahan is a journalist with ITV in Scotland. He was formerly with WDEF News 12 uh, in East Tennessee, His experience of... uh, Uh, the American um, scene when it comes to gun control and gun shootings. We are looking at things, of course, like... uh, Morning to James. Thanks for taking the call. We are looking at things in the past, like um, uh, Sandy Hook and Columbine, Virginia Tech. We had the Buffalo supermarket shooting last week. We had the Santa Fe high school shootings. And that's just a few that come to mind. Uh, And it just seems to be going from bad to worse. They just can't get a grip on gun control, can they, in America?
5: No, and they don't want to um we the sound clips you played these these voice clips that we hear time and time again they don't make a difference because uh, Americans a, a significant amount of them feel that guns are a right they are built on the principles of the wild West and having a gun is seen as similar to you or I having a hurley stick you know or a mobile phone it's a, it's a god-given right and these shootings will go on and on and on as long as a generation of legislators in Washington are connected to the NRA, are lobbied and supported and are tied to organizations. Previously, it was big tobacco, mm. oil and gas, um, arms, and, 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 and now it's guns. And if someone puts you into a position of power um, and, they, and they don't want you to change the law, you're not going to go back on them.
1: Yeah, why so many shootings in are equivalent to primary schools and secondary schools?
5: So much of what I experienced with mass shootings, domestic terrorist attacks, covering them was a, a lot about tied into faith and salvation, um, which I always found a little bit disturbing. You know, growing up in in, in the west of Ireland, you're not told that save your soul, you could re- repent, you go to confession, but so much of of what I experienced with, with the mass shooters that. That I covered, they felt that killing children was saving them from a life that they ended up living themselves—a life of <laughs> solitude, a life of anger. So, taking a, a young life was sparing them in some kind of bizarre mindset. Isn't that extraordinary? That's that's a psychiatric illness. It is, um, but if you look at a population of somewhere like Texas, you know, it's it, it's the same as you know, similar to. You know, Romania, is a bit smaller than Poland. These are mi- millions of people and the lone gunman theory the lone gunman syndrome is just perpetrated uh, and exists throughout America where people think that they need to go on this crusade of some kind. Neil, it's bizarre yeah. that they're going to go save, save these children, save them from a life of isolation marginalisation uh, disgruntlement and oh I'm going to be a saviour and then I'm going to put it all on social media so I can get attention from myself. Are they
1: copycats it's- though do you think- think
5: James? I think a lot of it's it's they're inspired by each other in some regards I I remember we had four major incidents in Tennessee a number of years ago when I was there we had them and we had Nashville we had another one in domestic terrorist attack in Tennessee we had uh, another shooting in Virginia um, and we had another one in, in North Carolina and it there was some retaliation if it was black or white or that kind of thing, but a lot of these people operate on their own. They're, they're operating on their own throughout most of their lives. They tend to be young males. They're angry with society. We've had two years of, of COVID isolation. We've had two years of, I suppose, more marginalisation, social division. Um, young males in in all parts of the world Mm. are feeling they're not able to contribute. They're not able to uh, be the man. They don't feel emasculated. They don't feel strong. Mm. They're, They're losing their jobs. They were furloughed. Young men... are are turning to things like violence and fantasy. Um, And and then they're brainwashing themselves through forums, through chat rooms. And access to guns is so easy in America. You or I could go on a Facebook. We could fly into Dallas right now, Neil. We could go on a Facebook group and we could hand over $100 or €90 to someone on a Facebook group and they could hand us a a semi-automatic weapon and we could walk into a cinema.
1: On a okay, but you you can okay. So that's through Facebook, buying it online. But you can walk into gun shops. I mean, how is it easy? Is it to buy a gun in America,
5: or does it vary state to state? It varies state to state, but overall, it's very easy. the The lack of background checks. All you need is a driver's license, uh, and it's not hard to get a driver's license. And it, uh, and if you do want to bypass that, for the likes of handguns in Texas, you are meant to be 21. Um, but he, as long as you're over 18, and this and this guy was. Um, but are there any it's, it's are sense. there any
1: waiting periods where you're where they check for criminal convictions or domestic violence convictions or or you know just mental and, and, and health checks on people?
5: In in some places, yes, but in uh, the majority of places, no, because you can walk into the equivalent of a Tesco, a Walmart, and you can just pick one up, um, and then you just spend $50 on, on a round or two, and and that's it. And if you want to bypass that, if you're 15, 16, 17 years of age, you can gift guns, you can swap them, you can trade them online, um, and and there's no issue. You just meet someone in a, in a car park, and then and I, I handed over.
1: And then, let's say if you're over twenty-one, or you're suggesting in many cases eighteen, uh, you can literally just walk around in public places with a handgun on your person.
5: In, it, it varies in state to state. It varies in building to building. Um, some public buildings you're not meant to have open carry, but the majority of places, if you're over the age of twenty-one, you can open carry in in certain U.S. states, which means you can have a high-grade weapon stuck on your hip beside your iPhone.
1: But but oh, next to your mobile phone—that's interesting. Um, yeah. But no, nobody's saying anything about whether or not you have to go on a course to learn how to
5: use a gun responsibly. None of that. No. No, there's that, right well. But there are always uh, critics of gun control who say that we need to do more background checks. There need to be mental health evaluations. And then the same people say, oh, but if people have health issues and they have guns, well, isn't it important that people who don't have issues also have guns so they can shoot them back, which is one of the most bizarre <laughs> bizarre things that I, that I used to hear every single day. It's like, oh, it's okay. Like We were encouraged to, to carry weapons in our jobs as journalists. Um, and we were going into hostile environments where there were active shooters. But at the same time, you don't need a gun if you're, you know, you're working in a garage or you're working in the McDonald's or you're working...
1: They say I you know, need it for protection, they say. Okay. Protection. Yeah. You, incidentally, I imagine you culture. probably, you didn't carry a gun, did you? No,
5: no, no I, I I, didn't. The people I worked with did have guns, but yeah. for teenagers don't need guns. Children don't need access to guns. Um, But there needs to be, I suppose widespread legislation or state by state but then if you go state by state things aren't really going to change things that do work are things like dunblane in scotland things that do work are things like new zealand and and australia where they had shootings and incidents and they wiped out guns but in america there's no real actual figure for how many weapons there are in the country Um, Why, then, um, is
1: there no real appetite for change? Is it to do with the National Rifle Association? Has it to do with their political power? Has it to do with the Constitution which says Americans have a right to bear
5: arms? It's probably the last one, more than likely. Uh, Americans uh, love the ideology of freedom, of independence, of choice, of consumerism. And they don't like the ideas that people tell you what you can't do you can't have this you can't go there you can't do this um and that's ingrained in their society from where their country came from their country came from revolution from rebellion um and then they had their own civil war and then they grew up on on a culture of the wild west and gunslingers and cowboys and and then that's uh, itself has transitioned into the glamorization of the war in iraq and uh video games like call of duty and uh, and these kind of things where, Those video games normalised. don't
1: help I'm glad you mentioned that actually because they certainly do glamorise guns and shooting people, don't they? These online games
5: They they do um, um, but at the same time I suppose we, we we need to be careful about what you say about these things A lot of people play video games A lot of people have mental health issues but they don't do what happened in Texas They don't do what happened in Buffalo um, we, we, we could argue that over the next few months as america and different parts of america slide into greater social division more marginalization more poverty there's going to be greater anger greater frustration and more people lashing out in different ways and you and i could lash out like in dublin airport you and i could lash out by uh, throwing over a shopping trolley or something like yeah, that but yeah because we don't have we don't have we don't have the option to walk into a shop buy an automatic weapon and just walk into a school to express their frustration. And, uh, uh, and that's the sad thing that, that, that the option exists, a very viable, cheap option exists for so many Americans, which is to lash out in the most violent and horrific way
1: why is it, though, because I thought I read somewhere um, that there was much stricter security in American schools. I don't know whether it would be the primary and secondary, but I, I had heard that it was nigh on impossible now to walk in the front door of a school. You know, that there was all sorts of security and there might even be security guards on them. This guy walked into
5: classrooms, I believe, didn't he? There were, uh, most of the U.S. schools I visited had metal detectors and a number of the schools I also visited had we, we actually partook in, in mass shooting drills in a secondary school in Georgia, north of Atlanta, um, as, as reporters. And we watched teenagers running around the place, putting tables over their heads and making barricades. So like the, there has been changes since Sandy Hook, which is when I first started working in the US. But over the years, um, these things aren't always enforced, um, you know. Over the last few years, we have had a lot of changes with COVID-19 as well. So that's become more of a priority for people rather than things like guns, because these things fade away uh, and come in waves. But now they're going to come back and they seem to be coming back, uh, I suppose, with more brutality and more force than ever before. And and, and children, very young children who, who who have done absolutely nothing wrong um, are the, are the victims here again. And again, and they will be again, because nothing is going to change.
1: Why isn't it going to change? I mean, Biden is talking about change. Trump is talking about change. Clinton, Obama, they all spoke about gun shootings and gun control. I mean, what what would it take? for Would it take for Biden to say, we need to have an amnesty on guns, give up your guns, surrender your guns. They're going to have maybe a national week of giving back your guns, something like that. Would that be a good message?
5: I don't... Biden is in a unique position where he, he has been over, throughout his career been able to reach across the aisle to Republicans, which a lot of Democrats haven't been able to do. Um, but when you say something over and over again and nothing changes, people stop listening. And also what's very interesting for your listeners to, to look at is, is gun sales and ammunition sales are going to skyrocket Why? over the next week. Because the, re- the reaction the reaction to mass shootings in America is I need to be safer now myself. I need to stock up in case this happens in my town, in my village, in my community. So rather than people putting away guns and taking them and decommissioning them, you have the opposite effect, where there's a surge. Would that be, I mean, do
1: do schools have guns? Do teachers have access to guns? Does the principal, Does is there a security officer in every single school who would have a gun?
5: The, the majority of security guards are licensed to carry. Um, it's up to them whether they choose to or not. Um and some teachers, of course, have access to guns as well. But it's not encouraged uh, at all in any state, whether it's in the South or not. So we're just in this, in the, once again, discussing something that will only change with the generation, Neil. I think the, the only way this will really change is when the Mitch McConnells and that generation, the people in their 70s, 80s, 90s who control significant amounts of U.S. legislation are gone. And we see a new wave of people in Washington who decide, you know what, we've moved beyond this. We've moved beyond the Wild West. We didn't grow up with cowboy films. We didn't grow up with this kind of normalization in the legacy of Vietnam. We're moving on now as a society. And that is the only way that that will change. But that takes time. And, And we could have another shooting next week and another next week and the week after and the week after. But until those people who make who have the, the shift of power, are, aren't in power, then that nothing will change in the US, which is incredibly sad.
1: It is sad. Thank you for your contribution this morning, James. I do appreciate it. Uh, I'll let you get back to work. Have a good day today. Thank you. Dr. James uh, Mahan, journalist with ITV Scotland and formerly with uh, News 12 now in, in Tennessee. Text 0868104106. Back after the break.
0: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Uh,
1: Stu, good morning. Thanks for holding. Hear me, all right?
0: Yeah. Good morning, Neil. How are you?
1: All I'm good. Right? I'm good. Uh, you've experience of being in Texas uh, with work uh, some years back, yeah. Talk to me about yeah, guns I, in Texas.
6: Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And I, and I was just listening to James before this, and uh, completely agree with James. It's, it's not going to change in the US, um, uh, Neil. I spent uh, an awful lot of time in um, Omaha, in Nebraska, and also in San Antonio, in Texas, and. Um, Quite literally, you could walk in off the street and buy whatever you liked. The only difference in Omaha was they had a one-hour wait period, where you could literally walk into a gun shop with a driving license or a state-issued ID, and they would. Uh, the waiting period was literally to contact the local sheriff's department to make sure you didn't have a warrant out for your arrest. But essentially, you could buy anything you liked.
1: So, um, but you so there was here. an instant background check with uh, with well, police. Background
6: check it's it's not really a background check it's just checking with the local police department that um that you don't have a warrant up your arrest um like here in the UK for example if you want to own a gun um any type of gun uh, you, know, and, you know and and it's very very restrictive here um you, you get a full background check the police visit your house you have to have um a safe
1: in the house uh, it has to be bolted to the wall and it's probably going to be a shotgun isn't it
6: uh, well, it's mo- most likely, but you can own rifles here in the in the UK, um, but it's very restricted. You're not allowed to own semi-automatic rifles. They're all bolt action. You can have a semi-automatic rifle, but it can only be a 2.2.
1: Yeah, but you can't have a Glock 19 or a Walter, a Walter no, no, I think, PK 22 uh, or something. No, like.
6: no, no, nothing like that. So, I mean, that, that all changed, of course, after Dunblane. As, uh, as James mentioned, pistols were basically essentially banned um, within, within a couple of months. And uh, there, was a, there was a buyback thing where literally you would hand your pistols into a, a local police
1: uh, station. You see, that's, that's what I'm in. talking about. That's the initiative the Americans need, isn't it? At least, it, maybe they just don't have an appetite for it. Surrender your guns. Well,
6: they don't because the, the, the NRA is is a hugely powerful lobby in the U S and it has been, I mean, I, I, I own a gun myself, Neil, and I, have had, I, I've been living in the UK for 25 years now, Right. but I sleep. I sleep a little bit better at night knowing that the amount of stuff that I had to go through to get that gun in the first place was astronomical. Because as I said, you know, you, I, I'm a target shooter. It's a, it's a sport that I do. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, and I have absolutely no issue because, you know, what the, what the Americans seem to forget as well is they need a license to drive a car. They need to register, you know, their car on that type of thing. I mean, even even on the news this morning, you saw President Biden saying, you know, we want to do something about this. We just want you to register your stuff. But, of course, you know, the, the NRA being such a powerful thing and the Second Amendment. Uh, you know, and how
1: do the right NRA to- have hold so much power? Who do they hold sway over? Well, they hold sway over the, over the senators. Essentially, because
6: they pay them lots and lots of money in lobbying groups and and stuff like that. So uh, you know, the moment a senator uh, uh, you know says the words "gun control," they're instantly branded as some sort of a communist. And of course, you can't say the word communist in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And, and if you say the word communist, that that senator loses his job after three years. Uh, type type.
1: So, so in Texas, then anyone twenty-one or older can carry a handgun well, in actually, most places it's, without it's, any training or without a permit. Even I'm told
6: well in, in texas you can be 14 or over and have a gun you can have a shotgun at 14 um and at 18 you can own uh, essentially anything you like they say it's 21 but that's actually kind of not really the not really the case at all florida is the same for example at 14 you can own a shotgun um uh, you know and you can actually own a rifle as well if uh, if your parents give you permission to do that as well which is crazy when you think about it because you need to be 21 to be a, a, to buy a beer in the US, but you can be 14 and have a shotgun. It's insane so, when you put it like it, that. It, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, you or, you or I can go. You know, when we when we were kids, we'd get ID if we went into a bar to get uh, to buy a pint. But uh, you can walk into a gun shop. Well, yes, sir. There you go. Uh, what, how, mu- how many rounds of ammunition do you want? There's no restriction on ammunition either. So you can buy um, you can buy an AR-15 tomorrow. And you could buy a million rounds of ammunition, as long as you've got the money, you can do that. But,
1: I mean, it's probably fair to say, though, that in rural America, they did need guns for protection, didn't they? I mean, historically yeah, they same, did.
6: Same in Ireland. You know, you, you look at Ireland, most, most farmers will have some sort of a shotgun for pest control, and, you know, that that's perfectly, it's a per- perfectly reasonable assumption to make, and it's the same in the US, because, you know, most farmers, we you know, for, for, for pest control, they'll need a rifle or a shotgun of some sort, but the, the whole thing around the Second Amendment has skewed all of that because you know you have the you know, the NRA have kind of latched on to you know the, the the right to bear arms and defend yourself, which has just been skewed um, massively. I mean there's whole there's a whole
1: but there's a big there's difference a between having a rifle um, uh, living in rural America or rural Ireland or rural England and having an M60 machine gun legally left I, I
6: agreed I agree completely because there are
1: machine guns that can be bought over the counter.
6: Yeah, you can buy armor-piercing bullets over the counter as well. Um, you know, for home defense. Which I, I mean, I, I don't know of any deers that wear bulletproof jackets out there. for <sighs> Oh no, yeah, and, I know. It, yeah. You know, so.
1: But they, the law states in America that if somebody comes onto your property, correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody comes onto your pro- property uninvited, you can actually shoot them.
6: Yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, in, uh, um, but they've they've taken that to a whole new level as well with the Stand Your Ground Act as well um in, in some states where you know if you're if you're confronted by somebody you can stand your ground and shoot them, basically. Um so if you feel threatened in any way. It's happened so many times in the States. Just as a matter of interest as well, um James was talking about the the, the number of uh, the number of shootings that have happened since January. So far this year in the States there's been two hundred and fifty nine mass shootings. What? Um, have, mass uh, shooting? Really? Uh, Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, that's accurate, yeah, because it's, a mass
1: shooting is anything where one shooter uh, shoots more than three people. Oh, fuck! But why that's then are fair. we talking about 18-year-olds? In Red Lake it was a 16-year-old, in Virginia Tech it was a 23-year-old, Sandy Hook was a 20-year-old. Um, you know, um, th- there was another one then, uh, I've got just reams of them there, a 19-year-old, another 18-year-old. Why so young going on mass sh- shooting sprees?
6: I, it goes back to what James was saying, and I, I completely agree. I think there's such a, you know, there's a lot of kids that are growing up nowadays. They're completely disillusioned with everything that's happening around them. Uh, you know, the easy access to guns as well that you have in the states doesn't help that. Um, it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, I've traveled all over the U.S. I've been very lucky in the job that I do. I get I get to travel quite a bit with work. I've spent some time in Australia, New Zealand, the, the states, Canada. Uh, but America was just a completely different ball game, completely when it came to uh, guns and the gun culture. There's uh, because it is a culture. There's there's no there's no doubt about it. There's, there's you know. So it's not
1: computer games, then. It's not uh, copycats. No, I, oh, I I think I mean, that's your man. Thing. Yesterday wasn't um, wasn't influenced by the Buffalo supermarket mall last week, no.
6: Well, he, he could have been, but I mean, I, I think that's an easy excuse for a lot of politicians to kind of, you know, just, you know, move away from the fact that they need to have gun control so they'll blame everything else. All, it's all to do with video games and stuff. I, mean, I know lots of people that play video games, but they don't go out and shoot people afterwards, including <laughs> myself.
1: Yeah, I know, but in the eyes of a de- maybe a demoralized or an upset or an angry child or teenager, it could be entirely different, you know?
6: I I, I mean, one of them, one of them,
1: one of the shooters actually was a shooter who um, had been expelled from the school and went back with a gun. Remember?
6: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, but but again, it comes down to the ease of access of guns. I mean, I I was at a I was at a a, a gun show in uh, in Omaha when I was there just to have a kind of a look around and you could literally buy anything you liked. There was no background checks at all. It was like going on eBay type thing. Um, and you could buy essentially whatever you like. From, little, from
1: stall to stall and shop to shop yeah, and pop-up yeah, to pop-up. Like literally, quite, quite literally like a car
6: boot sale type thing. Walk uh, out the door with buy, it. Yeah, yeah uh, quite, quite literally you could you could buy whatever you like. So until, until there's, you know, you know, Biden even this morning said he just wants to talk about restrictions. He's not talking about banning. Um, you know, he's saying, you know, we want restrictions, but because he knows that if he said the word banned, there'd be,
1: there'd be a civil war. But that might get, they might, they might have some traction in many states in America, but not in Texas, I'd say.
6: Not Texas, no. Texas is, is, is based. a unique there are case. Certain, well, there's, there's certain, there's certain counties in Texas where it's illegal not to own a gun.
1: Oh my God. This gets worse so, and worse
6: that kind of gives you an idea
1: of what you're dealing with Alright, okay, yeah. okay Stu, thank you for the update, good to chat, thanks so much appreciate the call no worries, Keith, good, good morning Hello, how are you? You want to get involved in this conversation? You say people yeah, having a bull's yeah, notion the about amount, gun
2: laws Yeah, the amount of misinformation from the last two people has been I'm nearly laughing in the car like. Well, well give me examples laughing. of
1: what you deem misinformation
2: Well, uh, in in Ireland and in and in Northern Ireland and as I say, Ireland and Northern Ireland, you can own a handgun. Here, I know a couple of people that have are licensed to carry handguns in Ireland. Are there only very specific cases, though, where some? There's, could... there's, they're specific. It's not easy to get, but you can carry. You can get a license. There is, there is a. A solicitor a man who's licensed. Sorry, uh, uh,
1: I don't know that that's the case anymore, and we won't refer to that individual. for private personal protection But that so, would. Uh, th- but, but for me, can, for me, or go. for you, or for Kevin, or for Seamus or you for can, Claire, yeah. or for Lana, or There's anybody not, in the not, city of Cork, cannot go
2: out and buy a handgun. You can, if you' if you pass certain as uh, uh, certain requirements and exams. You can butcher, and you can only use them in gun clubs. The same as you can in Northern Ireland, and the same as you can in England. Okay, so so I pass and all, all of those client, checks. Where, where can client, I, client, I, I... But, but no, let, let's,
1: I, I just want to be clear on this. When I own that handgun, where can I keep it?
2: It has to be locked up in a safe at home. Right. Same as you would have a shotgun or a rifle. And also, in America, you cannot own a fully automatic weapon you can want a semi-automatic weapon, like an AR-15, They but have, they have to be semi-automatic. The fully automatic uh, part of the gun is removed, and the only way to make them fully automatic is to get the new, new bolt to allow it to be fully automatic, which then is an illegal firearm. And the America. fully
1: automatic means that it will fire and fire and fire as long as you keep your yeah, finger on the trigger.
2: finger on the trigger, yeah. So, like, and... You 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 have you can't go walk into a gun store in America and buy a handgun straight away. There is te- there is requirements to buy a handgun in America. You can walk in and buy a shotgun or a rifle, and you'll have it in an hour or two once you have your driver's license with you. But for a handgun, you cannot. You
1: don't have to show ID at a private gun show. You go in, go to the show, um, buy in, the gun you off buy,
2: you go. You can. Buy the gun, but handguns are are di- more difficult to get in America. The same as they are everywhere else across the world. Well, hard, uh, they're the hardest. They're the, they're No, obviously they're easier to get in America than they are than they are in the likes of Ireland or England or France or Germany or places like that. But they, it's, it's look, uh, I don't know those people saying, oh, you can just walk in and buy and buy get a handgun in nowhere. No, you can't in
1: Texas. The official no, minimum, hang on, no, this, IP, like, this IP, is the, this IP, is the IP, law IP, here. IP, the official IP minimum age to own and har- carry a gun in Texas is 21. Another law yeah, came into effect and what, in September, along people between and 18, 18 uh, and 21. Hang on, let yeah, me finish the, the sentence. The,
2: what's the minimum age in England?
1: No, no, to For, buy a handgun... If they yeah, meet to requirements race, to, to own.
2: buy a rifle in England, is 14.
1: No, 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 this is in, this is in America. I know 21 that. years 21. old, you can buy yeah. a handgun. Yeah. You, yeah.
2: Why, you, are you, you, why are you yeah. saying that's not true? You can buy it, but it is, you're not going to get it straight away.
1: Uh, in, many instances, in, there's a, in many instances, there's an instant background check uh, where they check with police officers, criminal convictions, domestic violation, uh, or immigration status. That can take an hour. One hour? What? I've lived there. No, but I'm only telling but, uh, you what the law says. Yeah, yeah, you can that, buy a handgun in an hour. You can't. But you I'm can't. going through Texas. I'm going through state by state here where it says you can. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and 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 look and look at look at England. You can buy a you can, a fourteen year old can own a rifle in England. A fourteen year old can't own a rifle in America.
1: But they can. I'm not talking about fourteen oh, year olds. This is I'm talking yeah, about eighteen I, year olds, yeah, twenty
2: year no, Yeah, yeah, but it's grand. But I say a fourteen year old can have a, have a rifle in England.
1: Can own a rifle in England? Yes. And boy. Uh, okay, so a fourteen year old can walk into a gun shop and buy a rifle in the UK. Yes. On their own? There is a, it's in their law. Uh, do you accept that you can buy a handgun across the counter in America?
2: You can go in, you buy it, you pay for it, and there's a check done, and there is a wait list to pick up the handgun.
1: And that includes pistols and Walters and PKKs yes. and locks.
2: Yes. there is a wait list. How long is the, the wait, wait list? list? You don't, it varies from place to place. Would you accept that it can be as low as an hour? No, but I've never heard of any, anyone in America, any, anyone in Texas getting a, getting a handgun in an hour. Yeah,
1: okay. Just looking at the uh, UK police site here, saying people between 14 and 18 years of age may be granted a firearm certificate but may not purchase or hire a firearm or ammunition until what they're really? 18 years of age. They can get a search, but they can't get the gun in the UK. They can, they can borrow or be... Oh, hang on, you might be right. They can borrow or be gifted a firearm and ammunition yeah. If they possess the appropriate certificate, so that's a stupid and law, you need, isn't it?
2: And it is. And in America, you need a special license to get uh, armor-piercing bullets, but they can be bought. But you can get them; you can buy them here as Listen, well. Listen, no so. matter how
1: we conclude this conversation, they have a problem, yeah. though America, don't
2: they? No, so there is a there is a problem. Yeah, <clears throat> there is a problem. There's no one. There, I don't see any need for anybody to have a full uh, a semi-automatic weapon. Okay. Okay. Here. It's supposed to be for hunting, like. But you don't need a semi-automatic weapon to go hunting deer. Like you need a rifle or a shotgun. A rifle, really. Like shotgun for a pheasant, maybe.
1: But and and under that. no circumstances at all to have a handgun.
2: No, there's no need. What's, what's the point of having a handgun? Well, that's what they have. Yeah, but there's no point to it. Absolutely mm. waste of time. Like as I say, I've know loads of people living in Texas, and. Uh, not not a single one of them have a handgun or any guns in their houses
1: okay thanks for the call Keith text 0868104106
5: hey it's Dave join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max
7: Drive where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home big hits loads of fun features and traffic info what more could you need join me weekdays from 4 Dave Max Drive Get
0: it off your chest. Text the Neil Brindaville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And by text this morning, guns don't
1: kill people, people kill people. No, it's not the NRA, it's a natural right as per the Second Amendment of the Constitution of the USA. America didn't change their gun laws after Sandy Hook school shooting, and now here we are with another primary school shooting. So do Americans care more about their children, or do Americans care more about their guns. The right to bear arms never meant you can have an AR-15 or an AK-47 in the house. It's all about big business. Another one, Neil, yesterday was the 212th mass shooting this year in America. How insane is that? Morning, films and video games don't create psychopaths. If they have any effect, it's probably to make psychopaths more creative, says Paddy. Interesting take on things. Regarding guns in America, it mightn't be too popular an opinion among some, but you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Gun laws will have absolutely no effect on criminals who are intent on committing violent crimes. Legally banning guns would affect only law-abiding citizens. Or do you think that violent criminals will hand over the handguns, as you're suggesting? It's also interesting how gun crimes are recorded and reported. Gang-related deaths by firearms dwarf the death toll of lone wolf killings. Yet these incidents are not recorded or reported as mass shooting events. Uh, tens of people including innocent bystanders and children are shot and killed every weekend in say for instance chicago yet neil prendeville has never dedicated a single minute minute to these gun murders uh, make that what you will, says Ritchie in Toker. Um, imagine if I was on American radio, I probably would be talking about an awful lot. But people tend to take notice and sit up and pay more attention when it's a mass shooting in a small primary school where children are killed in big numbers. And now 19 children have died. The number's gone to 19 and two. Uh, two teachers. Uh, Just one or two more. In my opinion, it's not the guns that are the problem, it's the people using them. How many people in the US own a gun and don't go using them shooting innocent civilians? Background checks. Tightening the legislation on purchasing guns is a better solution, in my opinion. More background checks. Improve mental health services. No one sane wakes up in the morning and decides to go shooting small children unless they have a screw loose says Mary and one more I know an elderly farmer who wrote on his gun renewal form that he needed the weapon for his own protection because he was living alone in a remote area the gun was taken off him because of that he had to go to court to get it back and it cost him 1500 euro because he wrote on the gun renewal that he needed the weapon living in a remote area for his own personal protection Uh, in Ireland I don't think that would fly very well uh, with uh, Law and Order and certainly with the Guard Economy. This guy, uh, Ramos, apparently, I was reading in Sky News this morning, he actually had hinted on social media about the attack, or about an attack, and he suggested, in his words, that the kids should watch out. Uh, he's, uh, he's quoted as saying that uh, he had bought two assault weapons. Apparently he had a handgun and a rifle, uh, by all accounts, and the attack took place half past 11 when he crashed, originally crashed his car, actually. Firstly, he shot his grandmother and he crashed his car and they went into the school. You can text 868 We'll pick it up after the break.
0: Get it off your chest. Call Neil Brenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. If
1: I could just stay with the theme and the conversation regarding guns. Uh, I, I, I speak with an awful lot of people and have done done through the years on this radio program and similar ones. And uh, yesterday I had one of the most extraordinary conversations I've had in a very long time it was with the man who said that uh, when Guardy eventually arrived at his home he said he had been planning to shoot his neighbours. It was an extraordinary conversation that I have to share with you now. Uh, this is the story of William Billy Collins from Castle Martyr. Now, Billy has life-threatening health issues, ongoing health issues, uh, and walks with the aid of uh, uh, mobility in canes, and uh, he also uses a mobility scooter. It takes huge amounts of medication every day just to be able to put one foot in front of the other. So he's got life-threatening issues, and, and life is tough enough from as it is. Um, but... Uh, as I say, I just want to warn that during my conversation it will contain some sensitive themes uh, and if you're affected uh, by the conversation, I'd like to remind you of the Samaritans. They're always available on 116123 and I'll also give out uh, one or two other helpline numbers at the end of the conversation for the likes of Pieta House. But how did all this start? Well, um, apparently he was just living his life and getting on with his life and doing what you do, living in a in a housing estate in Castle Martyr when uh, uh, he eventually had to Arm himself with a shotgun and threaten, as I say, to murder his neighbours. And I I use the term uh, a murder-suicide um, uh, pact that he had come up with uh, for himself. And I, and I and I'm and I'm slow to even use terms like that because, of course, I don't want to be overly upsetting people. But this is the case in this in this story. He, he apparently rumours started to go around in the in the community. Somebody started a rumour. Uh, where he's been called a paedophile and of course it was absolutely untrue but it it ended up in in a situation where he did arm himself and uh, eventually the rapid response of the Gardaíche O'Connor were were called um, and he ended up in court for it. Now he did receive a fully suspended three year sentence because he pleaded guilty to threatening to kill some of his neighbours he sat in his mobility scooter outside his home with a shotgun in his lap and an ammunition belt. And I caught up for a chat yesterday uh, with uh, Billy Collins. I asked him, uh, you know, uh, when did the name-calling begin?
8: I was talking to a friend of mine at the wall, and uh, the young girl came from school, and she stopped to thank me for uh, getting her bike fixed. She was talking to herself, and she a friend of mine, and the, the uh, when we were talking... Uh, this man passed in and uh, went straight up to the child's mother and said uh, that we were watching uh, the one going past the were classed as paedophiles. Okay. So okay. the world spread fast. Well, what you're saying to me is that
1: just a random stranger was going around warning people that you were a paedophile. Uh, that's right. Just for no reason whatsoever one particular individual started spreading the word is it that you were a paedophile uh,
8: that's right yeah. and uh, warning all the neighbours watch him because my friend were paedophiles ok ok and did that accusation
1: spread to others then did others hear about it
8: um, it, it was involved and uh, we didn't hear it back so I don't know if, uh, in the end when we were going to court, the whole
1: place knew it and Oh, okay. The whole parish knew and everybody yeah. knew eventually because, of course, the, court, yeah, the courts... Yeah, because i been arrested
8: and... Uh, yeah,
1: I'll I, I get to that part of it. But yeah. being falsely labelled a a, a paedophile, with, and, of course, the yeah. guard subsequently said that there was absolutely no truth in it. You must have been yeah. very depressed and down about that.
8: Uh, well, I was more angry than anything because you called me, with was a tramp or any old name under the sun, but that's one world with I hate yeah. to be called a paedophile, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
8: Like, I was young for he's 23 and, you know, I've done the growing up thing and the father thing and yeah. what have you and it's just uh, very uh, uh, kind of more angry than upset.
1: I know, I know. Did you go and report these
8: false allegations yes. to the Gardaí? Yeah. Uh, I did uh, report them to all Gardaí what did they say? Uh, they could do nothing about her because it was a civil matter.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, so away you went then, and things didn't get any better. So then you decided that you've had enough. Was it? You weren't going to take uh, it anymore.
8: Yeah, I was uh, moving on the shotgun. It was licensed uh, until November. Between. D right. and uh, this was August twenty sixth, so I still had licenses and stuff. I was uh, se- g- giving it to a gun dealer, okay. and he was selling it for me. But
1: you, but you, but you didn't do that. You armed yourself with the shotgun, wrapped a load of ammunition around your waist. Isn't that right?
8: Uh, yes, yeah, right. Yeah, I had a gun here in the house, and. Uh, I was keeping it until I delivered it to the gun dealer and uh, you see because in my presence it was there it was to get and uh, I had different plans on the day to go um, what were your plans, plans that bed? morning
1: when you woke up
8: well, uh, well I was out my garden as usual and doing short jobs and stuff that was just Today, but uh, you know, I didn't think of anything else. But when the conversation it was a lad. Somebody said, called lad, you a paedophile that. again, is it? Uh, no, because I heard her back to the find that I was being called a paedophile. Yeah. And then I confronted the person who called me a paedophile. Next thing, you know, they're all cowardly and this and that. And I said, I'm, like, I'm only five foot three. Uh, I had a lot of disabilities and stuff, like and yeah. heart attacks and strokes, yeah, and yeah. Caught and I out, and you know he said no. He went away and uh, drove off. You now he's in my leg, my prosthetic leg. So I met and made in, so So went into the house and got the shotgun. I went out and armed myself. I had a belt full of cartridges, twenty-three cartridges, and uh, I had a shotgun.
1: Okay. So, and you sat in your disability scooter.
8: Uh, mobility scooter. Mobility scooter. Yeah, inside the gate. And what was the plan? Oh what was your plan? I ran from to come back, so I could go up and uh, pop them.
1: So it was your plan to wait for uh, yeah. those that were calling you a paedophile. I even he ha- even hate saying the words to to shoot you know, them yeah. to shoot them. Yeah, shoot them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then to shoot yourself. Yes. So that's why in court it was described as murder-suicide
8: pact. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, because, okay, okay. okay. Uh, and
1: and there you sat, waiting patiently, but obviously neighbours must have seen you and called the guards, the, did they? Uh, to get,
8: to get the guards arrived in the end of response. And there was more guards. You wouldn't see at the, the final. Armed uh, guards? Armed guards were there, William? Armed guards as well, yeah. What did
1: they say? What did they do the, when they arrived in the park?
8: The uh, to, to arrive and asked me how they the going out and I said I did. They held me at the gate then would leave me to the house and they went in such a whole place all low and got the gun and it was lying on the bed because yeah, I'd taken the gun back into the house.
1: Yeah, but you had 123 cartridges in the boxes uh, yeah. as well.
8: Yeah, yeah. the okay. whole of them were going you see, to the gun dealer. Okay, well, so was, yeah, uh, I know,
1: I know, I know. But ahead of that, you had decided to, yeah, had, um,
8: to, commit, yeah, had to commit murder. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. And so, did they arrest you then? Uh, arrested and held in the gas station
1: for three days. Why so long? Were they questioning you for that long? Uh,
8: the courts were on holidays at the time and stuff, and they held me in... Uh, do interviews and this and that, and then uh went on to court in Listowel in county Kerry, okay, so I got bailed, and the law judge could see did the Guardian investigate
1: the allegations because they did say in uh, they did say in court did, um, did they yeah that they that there was no absolutely no truth to the rumors
8: uh yeah okay. Yeah, okay. they, they, they investigated, but uh, it was well into the a week or two after, because you know, uh, I suppose they threw their job for. Okay, okay, and um, so you, so you did subsequently end up before court
1: circuit court. Was there a long wait before the court case?
8: Uh, well,
1: it's going on with nine months. And were it you was, very uh, worried for that period of time? Those those nine months. Uh,
8: yeah, not really, because what was going to happen was going to happen, you know.
1: But did it's you worry just, that you might go to jail, that you might get a prison sentence?
8: Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, I suppose. But did you that. Know, um, were you
1: concerned about that?
8: Uh, not really, because I want insulin and uh, loads the tablets, 10 tablets per day, so I wouldn't take them. Then if I got to prison, I would take my insulin and. So all the medication I'm I wouldn't take any of that, so I wouldn't last long. Why wouldn't you take it? Uh, because I was standing for myself, my own name, and, uh, you know, they'd go at me, they'd do the same for someone else. So I was putting a stop to it, was my case.
1: But do you ever stop to think of the fear that you put into the innocent neighbours in the estate, the fathers and mothers and children who lived there?
8: Uh, again, most of them saw, like, I wasn't in the gun to go and shine it off, It was hidden inside my gate, because I knew the kids were coming from school. So uh, I kept it hidden inside the gate.
1: But do you accept that you must have frightened them?
8: But how are they frightened them Because. Frightened see, them enough for the somebody
1: to call the guards, you see. Uh,
8: when they saw the guards, they might have got a fright right, but, you know, they didn't know about the gun riding.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
8: They said that it
1: had a major impact on them, and that while they were reassured you no longer had access to fire, firearms, the incident has left them fearful. Are you Are you sorrowful
8: for that? Uh, No, because at least that was stopped us. Yeah. And this is probably the best thing that ever happened. At least people will leave me alone now and I know. Oh, I know. know. No, listen, what
1: what you are being called is absolutely horrific. These kind of terms of abuse are thrown around willy-nilly by some people who have no idea of the impact of what they're saying on somebody's mental health and physical health. I understand that. Yeah. When, When the judge handed down a suspended sentence, were you surprised at that?
8: Uh... I was half expecting it to be honest. Because it's going on so long and blow off and all this and those three or four courts, there were district courts, they're on first, and then my sisters always telling me that that he won't you won't go to jail because of your disabilities and all this. So uh You won't go to jail I, uh, because
1: of your disabilities. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. So, and uh Yeah. They're, they're, these are described as life-threatening health issues, isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, and that you wouldn't do well in jail. No. Yeah.
8: So I'm, yeah. I'm going to the island crematorium, and you're all welcome.
1: You're going where? I uh, The
8: island crematorium. Well, ah, yeah, but that's not
1: in until your area. time. That's not until your time is up. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah. you're so, all welcome. Is that? <laughs> so when? When you left court, then you must have been very relieved. You headed back home, I suppose.
8: Uh, yeah, headed back home, and like uh, a load of walks outside, the low down, one stone, and does a lot of stuff to catch up on. And what was the reaction of your neighbours?
1: I mean, how's life been since the court case?
8: Uh, well, divorce day, I came back. There was a lawnmower called "Wish Me Well" and. Welcome back, and it's good to see you, and all this and everything. So, yeah.
1: they're
8: behind me, there's a couple of arms. But, but
1: what happens if these great. characters start calling you these names again?
8: Well, I was told to go straight to the guards, but the way I look at it, it would I be better off trying to ring Bin Laden? You know, he's down the bottom of the Pacific Ocean somewhere, but.
1: I would, I would think that it would be deemed as some form of a hate crime and harassment. You know, one would think that, yeah. that that's a prosecutable, prosecutable crime to be putting you oh, such yeah. through such torture. You know, mental torture.
8: Yeah, we'll just uh, wait and see. But I'm just walking away. From my horse down. I'll keep the head down and do the right things. Yeah,
1: you don't have I'll access like to firearms anymore, William. Do you? No, no. You, would you be able to? Uh, would you be able to ever get your hands on a shotgun again? Uh, no. No, no. I'm, no, not, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that you would want to. Your your days uh-huh. of your days of guns are behind you, aren't they?
8: Yeah, yeah, Because I was getting rid of that last gun I had because the balance is off. You see, with the, yeah. the leg missing <laughs> and, all, and know, all that. I know.
1: I so. know. I know. I know. It's just sitting outside your front door with the shotgun and a bandolier of. Uh, of of cartridges is a fairly worrying sight I'm sure for people living with you Um, yeah well
8: well, I live by myself but
1: no I'm talking about all of your neighbours in the estate oh yeah
8: I do the same if I saw somebody with a gun the first thing you do is ring the gas as well you know would you just like a
1: quiet peaceful life now
8: yeah that's all now yeah yeah be left alone like I get on everyone and everyone gets on with me and Help motor any way you can to help me for I'm or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So well, a, it may
1: it may have drawn an end to it and drawn a line under it. Hopefully, don't you think? I yeah, mean,
8: hopefully.
1: Are you relieved that the nightmare is over?
8: Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And you have to yeah. be on best behaviour because otherwise the suspended yeah. sentence will be reenacted and you'll be off to jail. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I have to
8: be a good boy now for. Three years, even though I know previous convictions, I was never in trouble with the law or anything. No, so.
1: no, no, no. I mean, what happened to you was a disgrace, it's a disgusting thing uh, to be called, absolutely. Not sure your reaction was the best in the world, but you snapped, I yeah. suppose, didn't you? You just snapped.
8: But uh, having said that, then when I reported to the guard, and they could do nothing about it. Like, what was I supposed to do? Start crying in front of him.
1: Don't know what you're supposed to do. I'm not sure the option is to get a shotgun and decide to kill somebody and then kill yourself. Uh, I think there hopefully were better options than that. But in the heat of the moment, you know, that's what you decided to do. Thank God you didn't do it, says you.
8: Right. yeah. And look
1: look after yourself and keep taking the medicine, you know, and
8: have a happy life. We'll go as far as we can. Drive on. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. okay.
1: Well, William, nice to catch up with you. Look after yourself, no, will uh, you?
8: No, they, they call me Bill. Ah, uh, Bill.
1: Okay, well, yeah. I'm, I'm just reading William here from the court reports. Can I call oh, you Bill? Yeah. Can I call you Bill, I can?
8: Yeah, yeah,
1: no All right, All right Bill Billy Collins. Nice talking to you. Look yeah. after yourself.
8: No matter. Take care. All the best. Good luck.
1: Bill Collins down in Castle Martyr, an extraordinary story. And again, uh, another example of neighbours correctly calling on Garda Shekana because it avoided a much more serious incident. Uh, otherwise, it could have been a very, very tragic incident. And I remind you again, if you're disturbed by that conversation, there are helplines available, including Samaritans on 116 123 and Pieta House on one 247. You can also text HELP to 51444. An extraordinary story. Uh, I see interesting texts on this actually. Um, Just one or two of them on this side of the break. I used to work in a dentist and I loved seeing Bill coming in. He's such a lovely, genuine, caring man. The abuse he endured inside that estate was awful. I haven't seen Billy in years, but I hope he's listening and I want him to know what a wonderful man he is, says Jennifer in Middleton. Thank you for that text. Uh, Can I just say that many, many, many people within the estate and the Castle Marta area were not involved in this name-calling or this rumour that was going around about him. Another one. Well done for speaking out, Bill. Um, So glad to hear you share your story. The torment you faced was completely uncalled for. The people who made these horrific accusations against you should now be prosecuted. And that's from a fellow resident of that area of Castle Martyr. I have the details, but I'm asked not to share them. Uh, And just one more here. I don't want to come on air, but we are talking about a horrendous event in America this morning. In Castle Martyr, a man that planned a murder-suicide last September has received a suspended sentence. And is now back at his home. Um, um, it could it be only a matter of time before Ireland is on the sc- same scale with the U.S. as the courts in Ireland appear, appear to take gun possession very easily. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. I found the whole thing very disturbing and very sad. And uh, I, and as I said to him on numerous occasions, it wasn't you know something um, that he should ever have got into his head. But he snapped. Obviously, he he just cracked uh, and. Uh, Uh, You know, I can't say any more than that. Obviously, being falsely branded a pedophile by one individual who was then telling others and it went around must have absolutely destroyed his life, uh, William Bill Collins' life. Uh, But of course, his plan, of course, you know, nobody can say that that was the right way to go about it. So Mm -hmm. thankfully... Uh, a neighbor called the guardie, and they managed to intervene. Back after the break, text eight six eight one zero four one zero six.
0: Talk to Neil Prendergast now. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Corks Red FM. And
1: as always, you can text eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Brian, good morning.
0: Good morning, Neil. How are uh,
1: you? Good, thank you. You were born, raised in the United States of America. Um, I think at one stage you were living about three hours from the town where the shooting took place yesterday. Is that right?
9: Yes. uh, Basically, my my parents are Irish, but I was born and grew up in Chicago. I went to University of Texas in Austin for a couple of years, and I lived in Tennessee for about eight years. Um, So I was very familiar with that type of gun culture. Um, The reason I rang in this morning was I don't want people here to think that Americans are just stupid and can't see the thing right in front of their face and that they're callous and uncaring about these deaths. Uh, it's a very, very complicated situation. Um, it's it's like if an American came over here and said to you, well, Neil, why doesn't Ireland become a unified island? Surely that would make sense. And you'd say, well, look. <laughs> it's, it's
1: a little more... I understand. You've put it really well, Brian. What I do know, say, about this uh, individual, Salvador Ramos, is the minute that he turned 18, he went out and he bought himself guns. Yeah. Yeah, as a birthday present to himself.
9: Like the ease of guns, it does vary greatly from state to state, the ease of access. But I think there's the bigger issue, other than what your other callers have already said this morning, who've experienced it, and that people that over here won't understand, is the issue of individual states in America. Um, We think of America as this one nation And it's not. It's 50 individual states who are very proud of their independence and they begrudgingly follow the federal laws. And there's many laws they fight tooth and nail against on a federal level just because they want to make it. It would
1: be like the 32 counties of Ireland being all governed by themselves, but certainly answerable to the Doll, but begrudgingly accepting Doll direction kind of thing.
9: Exactly. I, mean, yeah. I can remember when they were fighting to bring in a federal speed limit of 65 miles per hour and you can't imagine the the hard time they had for something so simple. But again, every state said, no, we'll set our own uh, speed limit. The federal government shouldn't be telling us what to do like that. Yeah. But so even, in, so even in
1: spite of independence, state by state by state to govern much of their own rules, that shouldn't allow them the lack of common sense thinking. That, that results in school shooting after school shooting after school shooting. Nineteen children are dead now this morning and two teachers and many injured.
9: No, but but I think the other two issues that are hard to, to really quantify is, again, I spent the first 33 years of my life in America. And so I was, you'd say, indoctrinated into the American mentality. And I don't think it's an intentional thing. I don't think my teachers in school intentionally are... are forming the kids' brains to believe this. But to me, I grew up thinking that democracy was the only correct political system in the world, and anything that wasn't a democracy was evil. So I honestly, until probably the age of 30, would have looked at socialism as being no different than fascism or communism. They were isms, so they weren't democracy, and therefore they're evil. Uh, Mm-hmm. And so as a democracy, well, every person has individual rights that the federal government can only barely touch on. And and the other thing is the Second Amendment.
1: So it's it's about this is my right under the American Constitution.
9: Exactly. But again, if you actually go online right now and look up the Second Amendment, it says that Americans have the right to bear arms as part of an organized militia
1: where they it might be called to a militia uh, into a militia army in the times of war or unrest exactly. yeah
9: yeah it doesn't say every individual has a right to bear arms and that's what i just don't understand the politicians the people fighting for gun control how come they don't focus on that and make americans understand when that amendment was written it was written for you to be part of a militia in case you needed to be called up to go fight the british or whoever yeah
1: yeah i know what you mean yeah i know i know that's when you go back a few hundred years though you know it's yeah. it would be it yeah. would be hard to change it now in 2022 exactly you know exactly cuz it like it is it is firstly it's big business it's big money and there are votes yes. there are votes involved there. isn't there a senator yeah. or a congressman wouldn't get reelected if they came out against guns
9: no and and you know the story of when in Australia they finally brought in gun control. It was again the same situation to America, mass shootings, there was finally a sandy hook that happened, and the politicians in power at times said, that's it, we're drawing the line here. And they fought and fought and fought and brought in gun control. And every single one of them was voted out in the next election, but they were willing to make that sacrifice. And now the amount of gun deaths in Australia is is in the tens, maybe, as opposed to the thousands like it is in America. And wha- wha- what, do, what,
1: what what do Americans think with regards to owning a gun and the reasons why they want to have it? It's, they, they say personal protection is the top of the list of reasons why. What do they mean by personal protection? Against
9: what? Well, literally, I, I fell out with a, a good friend of mine in Florida who was a policeman because I kept saying to him, you would literally kill somebody to protect your DVD player, and he said no because the guy who comes into my house or person who comes in might want to just steal my DVD player, but when they're in my house, they may end up attacking my family. And there is this mentality that that it's not about your possessions; it's about protecting yourself and your your family.
1: And, to, and is that, that's a reasonable enough argument to make. If you're on my property uninvited, uh, up to no good, isn't
9: isn't it? Well, again, I, when I lived in Tennessee, I had a policeman friend and he very clearly said to me one day, you know, Brian, if you ever have to shoot somebody, just make sure you drag them inside the house before you call the police, because once they're inside the house, you're allowed to use lethal force.
1: Yeah, Irish Central at the moment are posting a poll that shows over 90 percent of Americans, including the vast number of them, gun owners themselves um support universal background gun checks uh, and the headline oh, yeah. actually says that 90% of Americans want more stringent checks so why oh, why then won't congress follow you know the the wishes well, of the people
9: well in my opinion that's down to the nra and their power you know um they just don't want to lose a penny of profit so anything Any, any. They're afraid of the avalanche. If you start with one logical, common sense law, then there's more that might follow. So they fight against anything and everything that resembles controlling their sales, and they just have way too much control. And that, I mean, that's the other problem in America is the lobby. And how much control they have?
1: Yeah, but this earth. week it's primary school children. Last week I it know. was. Last week it was elderly women out grocery shopping in a supermarket.
9: Yeah, well, I mean, remember Sandy Hook? You can't get any worse than Sandy Hook, and nothing changed.
1: Sandy Hook Elementary School. Uh, the shooter, twenty-year-old Adam Lanza, killed twenty-six people, then killed himself. He first killed his mother. Uh, took, the four, took four of her guns, which were in the house, uh, drove to the school. He killed twenty first grade children aged between six and seven, along with six adults, including four teachers, the principal, and the so- school psychologist. Two other persons were injured, then killed himself as police arrived at the school.
9: Total, yeah. yeah. I mean, if that doesn't pull your heartstrings and your common sense enough to make a change... If, how people... old is
1: a first-grade child, if you know what I'm asking, Brian? Oh, six years old twenty six year olds twenty six yeah. year old children age six yeah. to seven, yeah, and six adults.
9: yeah but then it's it's again a, a normal everyday American hears this story and is appalled at the deaths of these children. but then, when they think, well, what's the option? Gun control, Oh, wait, but the second amendment, oh, wait, uh, that has so much more impact. and oh, I feel so bad for those parents. But sure, kids die in car accidents every day. And they, they rationalize their way out of it because they've just been desensitized to that and are more focused on their individual rights and their state's rights. Any
1: thoughts on why it's young people that are doing the killing? Um, in, in fact, it's young
9: men doing the killings. Well, well, I think that's that's fairly obvious. I mean, why are most terrorists the same? Do you know, it's the, they're young enough that people or society or whatever can, can mold their, their identity and their thoughts into a way to make them do these extreme actions. And, uh, I mean, some of your other cause this morning said it about the feeling of powerlessness and the feeling of frustration and anger with the system. And in America, it, anybody who does a random act like that gets glorified by the media, you know? Uh, I mean, I remember when they first started saying, uh, people who run onto football pitches during matches, well, the camera's not gonna look at them anymore. And it it stopped it, because the people weren't getting the media attention. And the same thing to me, if somebody does a horrible act of terrorism or tries to kill the president, Their name should never be mentioned in the media. It should just be a blackout of their personal information so that they're not glorified. Yeah,
10: yeah. I I,
1: I do recall that, actually. Do you know what popped into my head was the shooting of uh, John Lennon at the Dakota Building in 81, I think. I'm up to correction on that. Uh, And for a long, 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 long time, there was a complete and utter media ban on ever mentioning the name of his killer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was an example I, I, of that. But the stats keep coming to me. United States has the most amount of guns per inhabitant. There's 120 guns in America for every 100 people. Next yeah. highest is Serbia, apparently. Um, I, 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 like, I, I don't know. We were talking last week on air about young people and anxiety and depression and worry um, that we've put all of this into their head, you know, that we've given them expectations that are false. Does that then lead to an example of a mass shooting like this? Anger, oh, disappointment, it, it, resentment?
9: It definitely does. If you're, I mean, every country in the world has people with this mental state uh, when they're young, when whatever. But if you're in a country that allows you free access to guns, then you're going to go to that that option. If you're in a country that doesn't have that... Maybe you'll use a knife or a car, but you're going to do a hell of a lot less damage in the long run. I think. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's a cold thing to say, but you know, people who are anti-gun control say, "Sure, if you take away the guns, they'll just go to using knives." I'm like, great. Yeah, but those those who have
1: guns, many many of the people with guns, of course, don't go around shooting people or you know, walking into into elementary schools. It's psychopaths do that.
9: Yeah. But there, that's when the gun people come out and say, well, then we need more people carrying guns yeah. to protect against these nutcases. Yeah, I know. There's literally a, a huge push in America, in many states, to arm all teachers, that every teacher and every school should have a gun so they can defend themselves and the students. But again, it's that's just propaganda. That's not going to actually help anything. It's just going to uh, ex- exasperate.
1: So in spite of what happened yesterday in Texas, you believe nothing will change?
9: No, definitely won't. Okay, okay. But again, I just want people to understand it's not Americans who are stupid or who are, are uncaring. It's just the whole system. And as I said at the beginning, it's no different than saying to somebody here... Well, why isn't Ireland a unified island? It's a bit more complex than that, I get you. Yeah. Good point. Thanks, yeah. Brian.
1: Thanks for your contribution. Take much. care. We were talking Thanks recently, so I was talking on air last week with the psychologist Richard Hogan, and we were just talking about issues that aren't far from the topic of conversation regarding why somebody might do something like that in Texas uh, with the amount of... Um, uh, like, How are we equipping and how are we tooling up our young people for... A life that isn't fair and is hard, and there are disappointments, and uh, doors will be closed in your face, and you will face rejection, and you know we we'll be down from time to time, and you know we shouldn't be labeling everything that we do. We give everything a label, and we look with anxious faces at children and ask them, do they fit into any of these? labels or boxes. Uh, that was an incredible conversation. A lot of response to that actually um, and some of them I didn't get to from the back end of last week. Why are people looking for medicine for anxiety? Anxiety is a normal human reaction to certain situations as is jealousy, hate, love, suspicion. We need to teach our children these things. Uh, the message that should be put out to children is that there is no such thing as a pers- perfect person. Humans being flawed by design. Denise says I never agreed more. I've been saying it for years. We're making our teenagers think it's not okay to be okay. Think about that. You 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 must find a fault. There's got to be something wrong with you. It's not okay to be okay. Hi guys, sorry I can't talk, but it's great to hear someone speak out. Uh, there's far too much young people being focused on mental health. That's all they go on about these days, says Karen. Um Richard Hogan talking in your programme recently is correct, especially regarding suicide. A boy in my son's school died by suicide. Obviously, it was desperately sad and tragic. Uh, a tractor run was held in his honour recently. My son was upset one day about something else and he confided in me that suicide crossed his mind. He said he saw how everyone said such nice things about the boy who died by suicide and there was a huge crowd at the tractor run. He wondered... To me, if they would line the streets for his funeral and hold a tractor run for him if he died by suicide, Richard Hogan was also correct when he said that it has become cool to have a mental health issue self harm, eating disorder, gender identity issues it 's all cool now that 's a very powerful text on the basis alone uh, of what we were talking about a few seconds ago with Brian, where he said sometimes these killer killers want to be glorified in death and um, the children who have nothing wrong with them are the boring ones apparently these days neil and anthony says i do see the point some people are making regarding mental health issues and maybe we're over analyzing everything but do we want to go back to the old days when mental health was a stigma and a shame and we locked people away in asylums and threw away the key suicide was a crime back then remember it's a fine line regarding mental health to make a call like that. Uh, And just two more. My grandchildren were upset in national school because of constant groups of children deciding they were of a different gender. Uh, this This generation wants to know everything about everyone. They assume talking about a problem will solve it. Life, you know, just has its down days. That's normal. We cannot be in great form every day. That's just life. And a final one. There are some children that have had severe trauma in their lives and we should be looking at the parents for the reason why these children need medication instead of blaming the prescription as you seem to do. I don't feel doctors prescribe tablets for no reasons. Uh, I was a child of trauma from emotional to sexual, and I'm on benzos. I've never abused I have never abused the benzos or seeked more or extra. That never crossed my mind to buy more. I have an open communication with my mental health clinic, and if tablets are needed to be adjusted I can just approach them. Much of this conversation started on the over-medication of our children. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six.
0: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 0818 104 106. Red FM.
1: And we'll come back to, te- to text on the shooting topic and others like that after 11. So text 0868 104 106. But, you know, yesterday I was talking to the GRA. They're up in Westport. It's their annual conference, talking about how bad it is now within Unguardish Chicana with regards to a lack of morale and also seriously. Uh, lacking in actual guard numbers, not to mention the amount of guards who are retiring early, and it's not just guards who are getting on with twenty or thirty years. Some of them are quitting guardiaciana at a young age and saying this is just not for me. It's the work is workload is crazy, the paperwork is insane, the administration, the hours, the actual effort that goes in to just doing the job. The amount of stress involved is just too much to bear. The same apparently is going on within our medical profession with regards to the chronic. Lack of doctors. You remember I was chatting last week with a doctor in uh, America uh, who came over here, trained, did all his time here, spent all his money at UCC training to be a doctor, wanted to stay, uh, couldn't get a gig at UCC and actually had to go back to, uh, to Canada and is a practicing pediologist uh, GP uh, doctor in Canada now again. But he wants to be here. Uh, Dr. Dermot Quinlan is a GP himself, actually, actually a medical director of the Irish College of General Protection as well. But he's uh, got his own practice done in Glanmire. Dermot, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How bad is it? Um, hemorrhaging doctors, more retiring than are being hired. Is that
7: right? I We, we have a very substantial uh, workforce shortage in Irish general practice. We have about 30% fewer GPs per head of population than, than England, and England think they should have 10% more. So, we are about 40% below where England think they should be, and like England internationally would have fewer, say, than Canada and Australia. So, we have a very significant shortage of GPs in Ireland. Okay. Um, so in terms of, like, we are accelerating our training of GPs. So, in 2015, we had 155 Training places for GPs that's currently over 250, and by, by 2025, we hope it'll be 350. Joe Seamus yeah, um, was
1: telling me that 450 will retire this year.
7: I think that's that's quite likely that, the you know, we have an older GP population, many of them are age 65 and over. And uh, the pandemic has certainly uh, accelerated. Talking to my GP colleagues in Cork and elsewhere, they, the older GPs have said, you know, they, it, it's been a very trying t- two years and uh, it's accelerated people's retirement plans. So I think it's, it's, it's certainly likely that we will have a substantial number of older GPs. They're exhausted, the is it? They're just exhausted. It, they're exhausted, like it's been a very trying, for everybody, we all know how difficult it is for for, the, for, for our patients and, and the, all the medical and clinical staff. Um, but it's been particularly difficult in general practice because many of my rural, particularly rural colleagues and those working in one and two doctor practices literally have not had any holiday break or leave for the past two years. It's very, like the, the additional work brought on by the pandemic and Irish GPs and practice nurses delivered over three and a half million COVID vaccines in the last two years. And does that mean um, that
1: a lot of other stuff that needed to be done wasn't being done as that patients weren't seeing? Absolutely
7: correct. Yeah, yeah. you know, so while, while we moved, like, I mean, general practice remained open throughout the pandemic, we pivoted very quickly from all largely face-to-face care to initially largely remote uh, telephone consultations yeah. and assessing people yeah. for COVID, managing that. And and now we've, uh, we're have coming back towards a situation where, you know, increasingly there's far more face-to-face consultation citation but often there are still a substantial number of uh, remote consultations. And our data from South Dock, which is a good barometer, uh, shows that the, the activity level in South Dock, and we, we see almost 4,500 people a week in South Dock, uh, but that now exceeds the number of people seen in 2019. So, And that reflects, you know, we have an aging population, we have a growing population, which is fantastic. We have people living longer and more... We have, and uh, we have more issues
1: involving population. obesity, and that in itself is carrying more disease and illness because of it, Yeah.
7: Yeah, and then the pandemic has has, you know, people have deferred seeing their GP during the pandemic, for part, partly because of concerns about COVID, but also because of the challenges of accessing GPs because we were so busy managing COVID and other other issues. So a lot of the deferred workload is now returning to general practice, and uh, it's it's making it particularly. Busy. But if
1: I had a general practice in the morning and I ran a doctor surgeon, I was a doctor myself. Can I advertise and hire a doctor?
7: Uh, I was talking to a GP this morning in the Midlands who has been advertising for about nine months to try and recruit another GP without success. It is... It is. So why you know, then did I talk to topic. a
1: chap, Dr. John, who's back in Toronto, Canada, having done all his training here in UCC and couldn't get an internship? Is it an internship at UCC
7: or to CUH he would have needed? Ab- ab- absolutely. So And now he's back training, in Canada? Yeah, and I, our practice, we take medical students and they're a fantastic resource. Many of them are are particularly from Canada and North America. And um, we it's to do with the, in, the number of intern places that we have. But Ireland trains more doctors than any other OECD country. And yet we have a shortage of, of doctors, both in secondary care and in general practice. So, you know, we are working with the HSE and the Medical Council to, to look at this because it does seem, uh, you know, it does seem counterintuitive that we're training a lot of doctors. And yet we don't give them intern places to to essentially so that they're fully qualified. as a a doctor not as a GP but as a doctor because it sounds Um,
1: like a bit of a money racket they could be spending upwards of a hundred grand to go to UCC with the training and that doesn't include
7: the amount of money they need to support themselves while they're here and at the end of it they just leave the country yeah, my 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 own understanding, and this is talking to the the Canadian students that I know, is that it it's you know it's over forty thousand a year for four years, so you know that gives you an idea of sums of money involved. So if you had if
1: if you had a family looking and just had a baby, for instance, or moved into a new park or a new estate, say Glanmire
7: or Colleague, would they be able to register with a GP? Uh, many practices and my own included have largely closed their lists, so. We we do it on a case-by-case basis. So if somebody is new to the area and has not got a GP, then, you know, if we can, we will facilitate them. But in many instances, practices are just complete, particularly in rural areas, are completely overburdened and simply simply cannot accept new patients because we do not have so the, what do they, the workforce. So what do they do if their
1: child gets, I know, it's not your fault, absolutely not, but what do they do if they have a sick child? I mean, we've, we're hearing that GPs aren't taking on patients. We know that p- parents are struggling to find school places. We know they're struggling to find creches. It's a disaster.
7: So we we are working very closely with the HSE to increase the number of GP training places, and I've said we've gone from 150, we will be touching 350 by 2025, so that's a very substantial increase in the number of GP training places. Our GP training is very comprehensive, it's a four-year training program, uh, whereas in the UK it's a three-year program, so our GPs are really highly qualified and very skilled when they qualify but it is a four-year training program, so it's not a quick solution. Um, and we are working with the HSE to increase the number of other staff. Like our practice nurses do a phenomenal job in terms of particularly things like childhood vaccinations, COVID vaccinations. They really, uh, you know, they really helped enormously our response to the COVID program and the vaccination program. Uh, and they, t- they do a huge amount of work like cervical uh, smears, children's yeah. vaccines. Yeah, I know. Um, doing phlebotomy in in general practice. So we do need to substantially increase the number of uh, people working in primary care and and the HSE and Department of Health recognise that. And uh, we are working with them. Then if we look at our older people, you know, we have uh, the population has exceeded 5 million for the first time since the famine. So we have a lot more patients uh, and they're living longer, which is fantastic. And they're, they're healthier while living longer. But a lot of older people have chronic diseases like diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, asthma, COPD, all of which require highly skilled individual care for these people. So the, the, the work involved in looking after older people requires a substantial GP commitment um, and as people live longer, more older people, which is fantastic, but it does we do need a substantially greater number of GPs. And
1: if you've done a poll of 900 GPs and found that one in seven plan to leave in the next two years, at what stage will it catch up where everybody will have access to a doctor?
7: Uh, I, I think I think we are facing a, a sustained shortage of GPs in the country uh, and therefore we need to look at increasing the GP workforce, uh, particularly looking at in- introducing more substantially more practice nurses like my practice. We have two fantastic uh, practice nurses, uh, but if I was in the UK, a practice like ours with eight doctors, we would probably have at least eight practice nurses. God almighty, someone's uh, so dropped the ball big time, a- haven't they? So we, we, we need a very substantial, sustained investment in general practice in our workforce to allow us to, you know, to deliver the care that we want to deliver to our patients, that we have the capacity to, and the ability to deliver. Uh, and we need a sustained increase in our, in all our workforce. You know, that's the, the, the GPs, the nurses, the phlebotomists, and also our admin teams and practice managers who man the phones, answer calls, try to book appointments for patients. But can you um, get
1: admin staff? Can you hire them? Can you hire nurses?
7: Um, It it is, as you know, it's a very challenging labour market at the moment, which is fantastic. Our our unemployment rate is effectively close to zero, the real unemployment rate. Uh, But it is, as I said, with my colleague trying to hire a GP, trying to hire nurses, trying to hire admin staff, trying to hire any workers at the moment in the, in our current economy is, is very challenging all right, and, okay. and we feel that as well Alright,
1: Dermot, thanks so much for taking the call alarming and worrying and all as it is Dr. Dermot Quinlan uh, from Glenmire, also the Medical Director of the Irish College of General Practitioners, how difficult are you finding it to get a doctor and get on a doctor's list? Text 0868104106 I'm
11: Lana O'Connor Red FM News is first for local, national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on Red fm.ie
0: 104 to 106, Red FM. This is
1: the Neil friendville Show. And another giveaway to close the show just before midday today. Two pairs of tickets for Aslan and two pairs of tickets to see uh, and listen to Dan McCabe at the Big Top Rockin' at St. Finbar's GA Club in the city. It's great to have live gigs back and festivals back and all that. And Saturday the 4th of June, Aslan will perform as part of their 40th anniversary tour. Following day, Sunday, the Trad-Irish folk singer Dan McCabe will take to the stage the big top rockin' at St Finbar's GA Club in the city. I'll tell you a little bit more about that on Friday, but we'll give away those tickets. Two, f- two pairs for Aslan, two pairs for Dan McCabe just before midday today. So what do we know? Uh, well, we know about the Gardaí Economy from yesterday's programme um, and how short of staff they are and many are leaving and lots are retiring early and they just are f- can't deal with the stress and the-, the anxiety and the pressure of the job anymore. Um, and nurses, doctors and admin staff this morning... Serious shortage of doctors, serious shortage of nurses, serious shortage of admin staff within GP services. Um, So it seems to go from bad to worse, meaning that if you're a young family moving to an area or having children uh, and you look to sign on with a GP and you don't have one already... You are in big trouble. You can add to that conversation the stories that we've been had sharing, people trying to get uh, children into primary schools in their own location, or indeed a creche facility or childcare. So, not very good, no matter matter how well politicians tell you the country is doing text 0868104106 on that one and we will come back to texts and comments between now and midday but I want to talk to Sonia because she's been posting online some photographs not talking so much on behalf of herself having been in A&E but to quote her talking on behalf of the doctors and nurses and the crap that they have to put up with um, and the work that they have to do that a lot of the time goes unnoticed Sonia good morning
11: Good morning, how are you?
1: I'm well. Seeing your photographs and uh, the comments that you were making, one of them was you said, nurses asking me and people to write to the government officials, write to politicians, go on the radio. Our healthcare staff are amazing. They need to be heard. How bad was it while you were there?
11: Almost absolutely mental. I got there Tuesday at, I think it was about five o'clock thereabouts, and I my, my docket number was 178 and by the time I was actually checked in saw a triage nurse and before like I even got in behind the doors as they say to see anybody they were calling number 230 and when I got into the triage nurse, she literally said, I'm so sorry for the wait. I said, you're fine. We were told one, two hours. Obviously, when I were in, I just said, look, oh, what's the wait time? And your mum was like, I'd say 13 hours. 13. To the doctor, if you're lucky. You, and know people said, are yeah, walking,
1: you know people are walking out when they hear that.
11: There was loads left. I mean, they were calling numbers when I was sitting there and um, calling numbers. People didn't even wait to check in. They were going to try other hospitals and um, the two guys at the door were literally saying to people this is the way time this is the time people are still here um, you know and it's so crazy up there that there was no space even to sit inside I was sitting by the entrance door in a wheelchair because I had no sensation in my legs at all so I couldn't walk I had to be in a chair but there was no inside I, so I saw was on a cold called.
1: night half past night in the, half past eight maybe nine o'clock month of February I saw yeah. a dad with the small baby in pajamas. The baby was yeah. in his arms, there was loads. waiting there was loads outside there. on the steps.
11: Yeah, there were, there was loads. It was going on all night. I was sitting there till about. I'd say 11 o'clock and in the end I had to say guys you're going to have to move me I am absolutely frozen even though they had closed the doors the automatic doors there were so many people in and out going what's the wait time are we better off waiting till the morning and you know most people that were there were sent by GPs and like they weren't just walk-ups there was a few and like the few that were walk-ups you could see were like desperate that they needed to go straight to A&E you know it wasn't all oh, just rock up to A&E for the sake of it yeah, you yeah, know yeah. but like And all they're
1: doing then in misfortunes is trying to do their work and apologising to patients.
11: I was actually embarrassed because by the time I got in I think I didn't get into the triage for about it must have been three and a half hours and when I went in she uh, did the checks, read my doctor's letter and like she went I'm going to put you on a level two so obviously you're put into levels of how important or how much your emergency is and she said look you, you you'll be faster than a level three and i was like okay what does that mean she said yeah i'm just kind of concerned that she said with the symptoms you've come in with and i know you have a syndrome but she said i am worried you might be after having a mini stroke i still hadn't been seen till half 12 next morning and, yeah. like, you had doctors and nurses going, we are so sorry, we actually don't have someone to come see you. Like, there was 40, 50 people. And it's just even the new setup of A&E, I think, is horrendous from the last time I was in there. Now, it's been a long time since I was in there. Um, I was on to you before. I had weight loss surgery abroad. So yeah. i had lost a load of weight. And I haven't been in A&E since then. And you're sat in a cubicle, not even, like, in the main A&E, but when you go behind the scene. And there was, like metal sheathing or glassing that you can't see either side of you yeah you can't see a nurse I couldn't walk so if I needed anything I was going to be in trouble and I just thought when a nurse did if you could get someone else's attention say would you mind asking a nurse could they come down they were like oh my god we're so sorry because we haven't passed up and down do you need anything and I was like guys would you stop I was actually embarrassed being in A&E for them, and they were like, You're sick, we are the ones who should be apologizing. And I was like, Oh my god, there was no need. And then for like the child nurse to go, Look, all we can say to people, and I've said it to every person that's coming in today, please write to government, write to the health sector. The nurse said know, that to you, is
1: that right?
11: The nurse said it to me, and I was like, Are you actually saying this to me? She said, Today I have said it to every single Person that comes in because she said people are annoyed. Why and I mean, they, they to a annoyed GP, Before and eleven,
10: like,
1: they do get annoyed at them, and they think it's their individual fault.
11: Oh, and do you know what? You could hear it coming in. I like there was pe- like there was uh, a couple that had been sitting outside, and it was so mental but they did sit outside. They didn't hear their number be called, so they said, "Look, we'll see what we can do." And your man lost the rag with the tray nurse inside. You could hear it outside, and he was like, "It's a disgrace," and she was like look, it's just my job. I'm here to help you. You're here now. And he asked, how long am I going to be now? I've missed my spot. Now, I don't think he'd missed it by much. Like, but he Was he roaring and sh- shouting at her? Oh, like, yeah, security had to go in. And, and that, you know it, that
1: it, I, I've it. spoken to nurses um, who go home in their cars crying after a oh, shift like that.
11: Mayor, I'm not surprised. I was nearly crying. Now, do you know, when you're in there, you're really unwell and you don't feel good and you're thinking I was if I'd be like guys, an antichrist, if I, my, like an I antichrist thinking,
1: if I heard my daughter was being shouted at in the workplace.
11: Oh like uh, I I don't know how people sat there, you know, and, and it's even it's it's hard then because you're told one person, so like my hobby dropped me. I literally said, Look, I'm not asking um how quick is it gonna be, but is it worth him even staying outside in the car? And your aunt just looked at me, I'd forget it and I just said to Hobby, Go home I he he literally waited to check me in and went home and I said, I will ring you. And he said, look, no matter what time, just give me a ball so I'll come back for you. But there was people staying then with their partners. The partners were getting their raise. And it was like, I won't say what I would have liked to have said. But I was like, just tell them go home. You've been told you're going to be here minimum till half nine tomorrow morning. If you're lucky, depending where you're categorised. And and that's before
1: you get onto a trolley and you could be three or four days
11: Oh yeah, that's it. Like, I was chair. lucky Because they said to me, like it, it turned out that I had, as the doctor explained it, he said you have a raging infection the body is trying to shut down to fight it because he says you've had it and I didn't realise I had it. I had been very sick a few weeks ago with a bug thought I just wasn't recovering from that and he said put you on a drip here or I can send you home I said Jesus send me home. I said like, why would I stay there on a drip and then have nurses having to look after me and constantly monitoring me even though they know I'm only there on a drip. A nurse would still have still had to look after me and tick the boxes on her paperwork and I thought, oh, just get me a prescription and I'm going home, like. Mm. It was just, and you know, I thought, can you imagine going to work every day and saying to people, will you please write a letter or complaint yeah. about my bosses? Yeah. Yeah. That's literally what they're asking you to do and I was just, and like, it's funny because even when James uh, rang me, I had posted, obviously, saying, you know, but the girl actually said, could you just ring Neil of for me? Yeah. Just oh, no. ring somebody. No, if I hadn't, if I hadn't seen it with my own, own eyes, as day. I did.
1: I know. Yeah, he's talking to Cork it's people. Yeah, awesome. We it's haven't got enough doctors. We haven't got enough nurses. The whole bloody design and of the A&E isn't fit said, for is purses, it, purposes. And
11: that's what I said to her. I said, is it just understaffing? She said, it's a multitude of things. But she said, we don't even have enough triage nurses here to get through people. But she said, it doesn't make a difference because she said, I know now you need bloods done to check what's actually going on with you. A possible mini-stroke because you have all the signs of it, she said. And I have to send you back outside to sit with everybody else that's checked in because I have nowhere to put you even behind because every seat is full. I know. Like, that must be horrible when they know this person is really sick and oh, sure there's I nothing I can do. I do. You know, that's their profession. People of all ages, there's you,
1: the oh. small little children, there's the elderly or you know, a lot that, of them in that, there on their own bewildered. That was
11: bewildered. More heartbreaking. Yeah. I was saying like, even though I was sick, I was fairly healthy, you know, all right, my doctor did, I needed to go there, you know, but to see all the small little babies coming in and to see the elderly people having to sit and I was like, oh my God, do you know? I was thinking if this is my man... Do you, ever see, here. do you
1: ever see a restaurant They give you a pager or they give you a text or they tell yeah. you, you know, yeah. why can't we create a system if somebody's going to be 18 hours, give them a number, yeah. right? And,
11: and, and they go away and come back stuff.
1: 18 hours later.
11: I yeah, know. Is someone that asked stupid? that could they go away because they had a small child with them and he said I'm going to have to drop them home can I come back and he was like yeah, no problem but he said like, you can't come back like, in 10 hours you need to come back in case you're called for bloods, and they can't give you a time for that even yeah. so you know Actually, a texter is saying off. the same
1: thing regarding the waiting times in hospital. My wife was in A and E for eighteen hours recently. Could she not have gone home and been sent a text to tell yeah. her the next time she'll be to be back she'll be seen in one hour and then she'd go back in? Even a pager type system, like yeah. you get in a restaurant, you could go home and, and, and come I- back.
11: And I think that's where the problem is because as you go along and they figure things out, I was sent for blood first. Then they said, came back and they said, Sanya, we're going to have to do an ultrasound and your bladder at the stomach, so we have to wait. So you never know what the next thing is you're going to be called for. And I think that's where the problem is. That, you know, I you I know.
1: It's terrible. I know. Listen, yeah. can I just ask you, was any of that related to the gastric surgery?
11: No, it wasn't. It's actually an old injury. No, I mean, no I'm, I'm curious had, because I wanted to ask, yeah,
1: how, how's exactly. life been since the Was it Turkey you oh. went to?
11: Um, I went to Turkey no absolutely fantastic and I suppose the fact that I was even in my doctors and I think what I had I thought it was an old syndrome back that I had when I had the weight and obviously i still have a, that condition cardiac so i have no sensation in my bladder not so in, in bladder, not in any way an connected to yeah. because there's know. a
1: lot more more and more alarming stories coming out of uh, countries that are doing um i, I was going to say cheap but greatly yeah. reduced prices for gastric yeah. sleeves and banding or whatever i mean would would it alarm you when you hear um, I, you
11: have to research it I I was, I was, researched it for two years I didn't get a whim and go oh you know and I suppose because I went for medical reasons um, now I'm not saying that everyone isn't going for medical reasons but I went and I thought I was getting desperate my weight was year on year going up and up the more my weight went up the more meds I but when I you at. hear
5: of
1: people dying or having terrible side effects and having to go to Irish hospitals do you think you were one of the lucky ones?
11: I don't but you know and it sounds really bad I'd still chance it. Yeah. With the life I had in hospital constantly, getting rushed in, like, literally, like, the, the the healthcare system because of my weight going up. I know mine was half medical, still bad habits, these things. I know. Um, so, you're going, would I still take the chance with all the horror stories? I would. Here's what I'm
1: hearing and I don't know where I heard it. I, I was listening to some radio dur- during the week. They were saying that a lot of these clinics in Turkey and other countries like that are... Yep. Advertising heavily on social media on your Facebooks and different platforms like that, and yeah. they're targeting young women
11: yeah well there was definitely a good few young women there when I was even there. you know that I thought, oh god you 're very young to be here, but you know
1: you know that they're they're actually I mean, there's nothing wrong with advertising, but it was almost like touting or raising fears amongst the younger generation that, you know, this will solve all of your problems. Just come out to us, we'll fix it for you for a greatly reduced yeah. price. I, I'm just wondering, is that worrying and alarming, you know?
11: Yeah, I suppose it is. It's definitely worrying and alarming when it's very young people. You know, I had yeah. had my kids and yeah. I had a medical condition, so, you know, and I'm nearly 50. Yeah. So, like, it was different for me if I had a daughter that was going very young. Or you'd probably be saying, hold off. Try everything first. Do what you can. Do you know, I, I wouldn't be recommending going through it. I wouldn't recommend anyone going through it unless they desperately needed it.
1: Okay. Well, listen. Uh, thanks for covering that topic and also Not the issue on behalf of the staff of the ANE. They'll thank you for um, coming on air and thank you for sharing yeah. their concerns and worries no, and difficulties problem. at work. To be fair, you couldn't have got
11: better care. Right. You know, under the pressure that they're under.
1: Well said, Sonia. Thank you so much. Not about it. Look after yourself. Text eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break.
0: Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville show now. Red FM. Often news out
1: of America, out of Texas, um, you know, 19 children and two teachers and many, many injured after that shooting. Liam Bonner sent me um, a screen grab of um, uh, an item that's going around regarding the type of gun that's used often. In uh, killings and a lot of them in schools and he says that um, the Texas shooting as well as the Boulder shooting, the Orlando shooting, the Parkland, the Vegas, the Sandy Hook shooting and there's reams and reams and reams of them all had the same assault rifle, it's called an AR-15 assault rifle. Uh, And it comes with the caption, ban assault rifles now. So we took a look at an AR-15 assault rifle. And if you think it's a fairly straightforward rifle, you'd be absolutely wrong. It is far from it. It is a big weapon. It actually detaches um, as a handgun as well. It is like something you would take to war. It, It looks to me like the kind of a gun or the kind of a weapon a rifle doesn't justify what it actually is. It looks like the type of weapon with the telescopic scope on it and everything that a commando would have or that you would take to war. I mean, it is very, very, very different from the traditional use of the word rifle. That's just in my opinion. But this this assault rifle, this particular one, used time and time and time again, apparently. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back to the phone lines we go. PJ McNamara. PJ, good morning.
12: Good morning, Neil.
1: Now, we know of this mass brawl in Terminal 1 at Dublin Airport. I just despair. Was it always this bad? Are we just seeing more of it now? Or is it becoming more commonplace? Are people just filming it more on their phones? But at least a dozen guards called to Dublin Airport yesterday. God knows how many airport police um, and, and all of these characters, these idiots, fighting with each other and another bunch of them standing around watching. Like in the middle of an airport. What do you make of it?
12: Uh, in the middle of an airport, maybe, you have kids there, you have tourists coming in and out, and that's, this is their first view of Ireland, Like it's a bunch of idiots knocking the crap out of each other. In, but in, like, in just, v- just think
1: about those idiots for a second. Do they not think that the guards are going to arrive? Do they not think that airport police are not going to be arrived? Do they not think that they're going to be arrested? And, of what?
12: course of course they know. Of course they know they're going to arrive, but they don't care. What, what will happen to them? What will happen to them? They'll be up in front of the judge. The judge will wag the finger at him and give him a severe frowning, and send him off about the business to do the same thing again.
1: Okay, you you worked in security. The law
12: in, the, the law in Ireland is an ass. No, yeah, it really is. It really is an ass. Yeah,
1: and uh, were you were you watching the comments on it online or something to say that security yeah, are just, getting a I backlash?
12: i sure to see because I had a, there was a friend of mine who used to work in in the airport police, and I'm not sure whether he's he was still there or not. So, and I seen it. I just tweet in on it. I you know, do try to stay away from stuff, negative stuff like that, you know. But I just checked <sighs> in on it and I was just reading the comments and I just seen a lot of people saying, oh, where was the security? Some some security set up there.
1: There, well, there, nobody, I mean, know what? there was no security arrived for a considerable length of time.
12: Well, from what I'm aware of in, in Dublin Airport, um, they're fairly stretched up there with staff, let alone security staff. You know, so maybe they were under undermanned at the day. I don't know, but you know the the comments going in about the security. Security officer's job is to um, to to observe and uh, report and intervene if he can prevent something from happening. I mean, even retail security now they're not called retail security anymore. They're called loss
1: prevention officers. (laughs) Okay, okay, Okay. they're they're there to stop people robbing the shop.
12: They're just there to start now if you can see an argument starting then you can get in and try and defuse it. But like had two or three big police security men went into that argument
1: there to try to break it up. They'd end up the getting a hammering.
12: The pack would have turned on them. the individual fights would have been forgotten and it was fair everybody was fair again then. You would have had a mass brawl.
1: You know? And, like, so, and so they're fighting and brawling, and uh, so it, it kind of looked to me half organised. Did it look half organised to you? Um, no. Well,
12: from, from where the video started now, it, it looks as if there's a beef, and um, it, 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 it's a common thing where people could just meet up. Uh, um, it's just unusual, but yeah, what you're saying is right. You know, it's just unusual that the two injured parties should turn up. In the airport at the same time uh, at the same day. Well, no, you see, they, they, they kind of so square no. up
1: to each other and they're kind of shadow boxing for a while. Maybe that's normal as to how fights start. I don't know. A lot of text on it though. A disgrace in front of passengers and family. Ban them from flying from the airport to any of the islands of Ireland. Don't give, don't give the guardy guns, but arm them with tasers now. It would stop these brain dead apes from kicking off and stop them in their tracks really quickly. They go down like a sack of potatoes if there was a taser there, right? Right about jet.
12: Well, see, you know, you know, you hear a guardie getting assaulted every day of the week, and I mean, they have no protection. So if the guardie have no protection, a security man or an airport police man going in there,
1: or a woman going in there,
12: so what all have what, what they, they got? Could a security no.
1: guard be sued in a situation like that? Physically-
12: oh, use. you're allowed to use minimum force now where would you be
11: going with minimum force in there yesterday trying to hold back them two big heavy lads
1: go back and look at it at one stage there's a 6 or 8 or 10 of them piling in women run in and join the fight right now I didn't I didn't actually see that side of the video but yeah. then again that doesn't come as any great surprise yeah. either I have about 3 minutes of the footage and women and all at one stage were jumping in I don't know if they were trying to break it up or join in but they were there they got involved and there's children, yeah. in, bo- and there's children in buggies and everything
12: yeah, you see, this is, this is what happens, Neil, when uh, them arguments start, and that could be in a shopping centre or it could be in, in, in a pub. I've seen that kind of an argument kick off in several pubs. As you know, i was a Republican in England for years, and I've seen that kicking off in several pubs. And um, the women are usually the ones that they file in too. Yeah,
1: everything. I know. So I tell you what, if you had a taser there, 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 whether it was a security officer or, a, or an airport police officer had a secu- had a taser there, that would have stopped very quickly.
12: Oh. It would have stopped, yeah. All they needed was to take one and put it down and that, that would have put a stop to it. But again, it's coming back Neil, to the justice system in Ireland. They don't back up the Garda. Um, the, the criminals are the ones that have the benefit of doubt, and the victims of crime
1: are the ones are, are the ones who suffer. Okay, my man. Okay, in touch with All right, good to catch up. Thanks for that. Well, so
12: there's statement you Neil. You I'll talk to you Airport the security.
1: security. Airport security. Neil must have been hiding in an office to avoid trying to break that one up. Uh, it's almost as if the massive increase in poverty results in a massive increase in crime. Really, as people adapt to fighting to hold on to what little they have left. Or fight to take what they need to survive. They learn to love violence. Ah, come on. I don't think you could equate that fight with anything like that. Uh, this is where the tasers would come very handy for Gardaí. Uh Where were the police? Another one. How can it be that 12 cops were called to the airport? Uh, they have Gardaí and armed guard a presence at the airport all of the time. What were these guys doing? another one says it's a fact the police are just afraid of these animals should sure, they get away with it all they get anyway is a, slip on, a slap on the wrist it's just a total disgrace and there's reams of these texts so we'll come back to them back after the break
0: The Neil Brendeville Show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 0818
1: 104 106 Rawlin right. Terminal 1 this is so embarrassing shows a huge lack of timely security response and at one of our main airports in front of mothers and their children please tell me we're better prepared in the event of say a terror attack this was so terrifying to watch yeah when you put it like that in any airport in any other country the airport police would have been onto that in seconds Ireland's main airport not a prayer uh, allowed to fight away with little if any consequences I think there is an update to that I think one, one guy's been taken into custody at least one man in his late 20s uh, in his 20s was arrested due to appear before swords district court On the 14th of June, I often wonder why it's not that same day or the next day or a night court straight away. I mean, I mean, it's just often wonder why things take so long to get even a sitting or a hearing inside in court. Uh, I am very keen to talk with more people regarding your experience in A&E following my chat there a few minutes ago or indeed difficulties trying to get a GP in the locality that you live in. Get in touch either by email to neil at redfm.ie or by text to 0868104106. And I often wonder about these independent reviews that hospitals do. How honest and open or staff, when they're asked questions during a review of a hospital? Or do they put on a more positive face because they don't want to be seen to be whingers or run into trouble in their job if they're complaining? Uh, Because uh, there was a recent independent review of nine hospitals that's eventually been published. And the report seemed to give an indication that the staff were very upbeat and positive which kind of flies in the face of many of the stories that I've been hearing on this here radio program. But the CUH was one of them, where where often you find that the CUH medical staff have to put patients in any bed, anytime, anywhere, including mixing men with women. They're so desperate to find beds there. In fact, it has become known as safari rounds in hospitals now, where doctors or consultants or specialists a lot of the time are literally hunting through the hospital looking for their patients because they don't know where they've been sent. And it's not uncommon uh, for patients to spend up to five days on trolleys and corridors. Um, you know, and, and, and these are aspects that were dealt with by this report. It found that this hospital staff didn't always know who was in charge. And they said things like that, that, that senior management did not appear to be visible, assuming that senior management are in the hospital somewhere uh, doing something But can't be seen. There was also consistent and major issues with obviously staff shortages uh, and uh, many struggling to make do and to get through as best they could. And they call that then a center of excellence. So they call our health system um, in some way in good shape. It's far from if you're using terms like struggling to get through. Anyway, your thoughts are welcome in that text 0868104106 I don't mean you're purveyor of doom and gloom In fact, I have a lovely story to share with you You might remember kids from the cabin were in studio with me about what? About two weeks ago now, was it Gary? There, thereabouts Well, a couple of the lads from, the, from the, the, cabin, the cabin kids are back in again Brother and sister, this is an absolutely beautiful story. I want to introduce you to Cara and to Coben. Now, Cara was in and Coben were in recently, so it's great to have you back again. Morning Hello. And the story Hi. behind this is just so touching and it's just so lovely. You've put together a CD of songs, right? Yeah. And because you came across, or was it your Uncle Roy came across, music that your dad recorded? Tell me about that.
13: Uh, yeah, so after uh, our dad passed away a li- about two years ago, um, my Uncle Roy was clearing out his apartment and he found a CD. Um, with, like, a bunch of covers and original music that my dad recorded. Um, so, Rye had this amazing idea to um, add, to make a whole CD, CD of CD, yeah, yeah, a
1: musical memory of Ross O'Connor, your dad. Yeah. Who tragically passed away and sad, and you must really miss them both. Yeah. What was it like listening to his music?
13: I mean, I haven't listened to that much of it so far because I've been very busy. Um, <laughs> oh, busy but here. I've heard... I've heard a couple of the songs on it, and I like
1: them. What do you think, Cobin?
13: Yeah, I like the songs. Like, but as she said, I was busy as well, so I got an air. Most You're of busy, them.
1: kids, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Can I just play a little bit? Well, this is some music that your dad recorded. A very talented musician, played guitar, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is just a, a just a sample of of Ross, your dad's music. This is a song you wrote called Sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Have a listen to this. Himself guitar, I believe, right? Yep, I think so. Yeah, yeah, self taught guitarist and a very proud Norrie, they tell me.
13: Yeah, very proud,
1: very talented dad. Is it any yeah. wonder he's got such talented kids? Now, you're with Mishnok and yeah. uh, and um, and Cobin's with AKMC, isn't that right? Yep, doing your own thing. So, what did you decide to do? You decided to say, Is that Mammy there, Martina? Yeah, hi, Martina. <laughs> <laughs> Big wave through the glass. So, what did you decide to do?
13: Uh, so basically, Roy just came. Came up to the cabin one day, and he was like, "I think it'd be very interesting if we were to create. Have you got a mic a there? Proper CD. Yeah. To... Yeah. yeah.
8: Go Did ahead, Ron. Yeah. I came up to the cabin, and I said, it "Would it be cool to uh, put all Ross's music on a CD? Yeah. And um, and them to try to do a song with their dad's voice going through the background, and uh, so we're,
1: so you sampled Ross. Yeah. yeah. That's an incredible thing. Yeah. So we've got both Kara and Coburn... Doing their thing with a sample of their dad. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Powerful. awful. Isn't it powerful? Yeah. Amazing. Um. And the entire CD has now been put together, packaged, and is for sale, isn't it?
8: Yeah. It's for sale. There are now all about twenty shops across the city. Um. And that's the main thing here. Is for the three charities for uh, the, ca- the cabin, the car centre and Namkria everyone to buy the CD it's a 10 euro donation they get a CD with 25 songs and on the back here there's a QR code if you don't have a CD player you can scan it and then when you scan it you'll have everything on your phone you can donate through the phone you can buy the album you, and it is all about mental health and to help you with mental oh, health i love to drive this on I really
1: would you know? I'd love to because I mean I see the covers include Jeff Buckley uh, Christy Moore there's a Snow Patrol there's a Garth Brooks song The River there's uh, I think you do a good version of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car mm. yeah I'm told that's right
13: yeah
1: <laughs> what do you do what do you do? hello hello little man what what covers do you do um
13: you've levitating I, yeah i just have levitating which is oh. an original song it's an original yeah
1: original dad song
13: uh no it's my own song oh my god
1: the talent in this room <laughs> is just awesome <laughs> all right okay so what we go, are we going to do it live i've got the backing track okay Whoa. So you you guys ready to go?
10: Yeah. Okay.
1: I don't know what the in is. I don't know what the in is on this, right? So I'm going to let you work it out for yourself. But this is um, this has got your back with a sampling of Dad Ross, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't need to count you in. Is there a, is there a lead into it?
10: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here we
1: go.
14: At that day when you came to this world, my life was not the same. Sometimes we don't see eye to eye, but baby bro, I hope you know I'm by your side. Even when we fight, I'll wreck your head and you wreck mine. I'm your head till the end of time I'll wreck your head and you'll wreck mine But still I got your back For the rest of our lives For the rest, for the rest For the rest of our lives Even though you bug me I know you love me So I'll always be by your side I know I wreck your head And you wreck mine But still I got your back Till the end of time So forget what I said In those past fights Except when I called you a dope last night I'm only missing but you called me a sausage That's why you took your phone out your pocket Drop it, there'll be a fight so avoid it I wanna flush your head down the toilet Sorry I say things that I don't mean I just want you as a friend like you and Sophie Both siblings fight, that's a part of life We've been through the storm so that's why we write I wreck your head and you wreck mine I might wreck your head till the end of time I wreck your head and you wreck mine But still I got your back For the rest of our lives For the rest, for the rest, for the rest of our lives Even though you bug me, I know you love me So I'll always be by your side We fight, we fight We get better, we get better We'll get through all of those tough times together We fight, we fight, we get better, we get better. We'll get through all of those tough times together. I'll wreck your head and you wreck mine. I might wreck your head till the end of time. I'll wreck your head and you wreck mine. But still, I got your back for the rest of our lives
1: that is whoa, just whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm blown away by that <laughs> yes. Gary the sampling of Ross is just incredible yeah we had just... great fun producing that and another oh, producer was man. involved as well called Bumpkin and uh, Karen Corbin are always amazing to watch. your with dad you. would be so proud mm-hmm. yeah. I mean it must be strange to be doing it is
13: it strange I mean
1: in a beautiful kind of way
13: kind of but also not really because obviously I kind of knew it was possible because I don't know. I'd be trusting Gary Lick, I knew he'd be able (laughs) to do it.
1: (laughs) banging out loads of tunes up in the cabin yeah, Man, I and know, but there's a YouTube video but such, just a tribute to, but such a
7: tribute to their dad Yeah, and if, if it's just gone on YouTube as well so you'll see all footage of them growing up as well and we, we just we,
13: dropped a music video that just came out before we came on we, here
7: we recorded a music video yesterday evening it was yeah. edited late last night by Sean Downey and it's just went
1: up online you're yeah. turning out some incredible talent it wouldn't be in them it wouldn't be you wouldn't be turning it out if it wasn't in them in the first place exactly. I mean they are just yeah. awesome okay so so the CD, a musical memory of Ross O'Connor with all of these wonderful, wonderful covers and lots of them. Some of the Pogues are on there. I see you do something by, uh, a Presley cover, Dean Martin, Little Old World Drinking Me. It's the business. So, um, it's available. Let me have a look again here at the cabin studio. Uh, it's, uh, the money raised will go to the cabin, to the Cork Life Center, to Annam Cree House. Um, and, uh, can be available. Where is it for sale then, lads? So well online you if
7: you go to Music Heals Ireland on any social media you'll see a link there there's like a link tree and it'll give you loads of links for uh, GoFundMe and PayPal and Bandcamp so you can, okay. you can buy it online
1: and but we can share all that info as yeah. well can't we yeah yeah is available to buy in at least 20 shops all over the place Supervalue Value and Holly Hill have it uh, Soma Coffee Origin Hair Salon Bill Shop and Farnery Crown Paints and Frankfield Scoozies and lots more besides can I keep this one <laughs> yeah. yeah I'd yeah. love to listen to all of it would you mind no
13: Yeah, you can keep
1: it alright okay listen continued success don't be strangers I know you won't be it's great to see the both of you Terrific. Coben. well done, pal. Nice one. Well done. Keep it lit, boy.
13: <laughs> <laughs> all right,
1: well done, Cara. Thanks. So Mind much. yourselves, all right? Yeah, and thank good. you so much to everybody else that came in this morning. Good to thank catch you, up I as well. Uh, well. Good to catch up, Roy. Thank you. Thank you. You're very kind. Appreciate it. And as always, uh, to the great Gary from uh, The Cabin. That's an incredible performance. It really and truly is. Get yourself a copy of the CD. Text 868 lads, if you want to pass on your kind thoughts. Well done, ma'am. Well done. Martina, well done. Back after the break. <laughs>
0: Talk to Neil Prenderville now, 818 104 Courts
1: Red FM. Uh, keep those texts coming, lads. The GP in Blarney area get in touch, and so, unfortunately, Neil, the HSC, like all state-run institutions, has one folder holder for one actual worker. Keep those texts coming for whatever's on your mind. Text 0868-104-106. It might be the AE, It could be the health system. Indeed, it could be the problem of trying to get a child into... Uh, uh, a primary school or indeed uh, a crash facility or, as we've heard this morning... Just trying to get a family GP. I can't get Dr. John in Canada out of my head and he over in Toronto wanting to be here working. Uh, mind you, um, nothing would surprise you. Here's one. I'm a frontline healthcare worker in the CUH. I'm writing to draw your attention to an issue with the COVID bonus payment. Do you remember that? As of today, the 26th of May, no frontline staff who worked during the COVID time frame given to qualify for the bonus, bonus payment in the CUH has even received the payment. Still, they still haven't got it. It was all this talk about it, but they haven't given it. This is extremely disappointing and disheartening for staff who work tirelessly throughout the worst of the pandemic. Many of us, like many others in Ireland, aren't immune, you know, to struggling to pay bills and put food on the table for our families and would have been relying on this bonus payment coming through to help ease the burden. The Minister gave the go-ahead in April to pay the bonus in the next available payroll. Emails circulated to relevant departments to roll out the payment, yet three payrolls later, we still haven't received. It, Which is the cause of a lot of frustration among staff at the hospital as there's serious lack of communication about the payment and the issues surrounding it. Maybe you could get us some clarity on this as nobody seems to be telling us anything. Don't give up my details. Can't come on. I'm on duty. Love the show from all of the crew. That's some health front care health, health or should I say frontline health care workers in CUH. I certainly will make calls. Uh, as soon as we get off the air and see what the delay is I can't promise you um, that it'll speed things up but we can certainly try okay lines will stay open text 0868104106 pick up the phone on 0818104106 if you have a story to share email neil at redfm.ie or old fashioned post to Corraheen. lines are open now two pairs of tickets for Aslan and two pairs of tickets for Dan McCabe, both of them, uh, both acts playing the big top rockin' at St. Finmar's GA Club in the city, Saturday the 4th of June and Sunday the 5th of June. So get dialing for those callers, 10, 11, 12 and 13, Now, our performance live in studio, some great texts on it, oh wow, they are just amazing. Those two siblings are just fantastic. Eurovision next year, says Eilish Waterford. O'Neill, those kids, the cabin and Gary, all of them are amazing. Great credit due to them all. Well done to them. Keep up the amazing work, says Carmel. Thank you for those texts. Have a good day.
14: I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.